Hey everybody, it's Aldo Gandhi, and I just want to let you know really quickly that our swag shop is reopened. DeepDishTees.com is where you go, and that's tees with T-E-E-S. Clever name, guys. They're the new home of our merchandise. You can get t-shirts, you can get caps, you can get coffee mugs, you can get hoodies, you can get all sorts of good stuff, and you'll help out the bar room with the purchase. So head over to DeepDishTees.com. Welcome back to Bar Down Talking Hockey, episode number 39, presented by the Barroom Network. My name is Vinny Parisi, and I'm dressed like Santa Claus playing hockey. And this right here, this is Joey Parisi, and he made 40 cheesecakes in the last 28, 28 hours. And right above him is Frankie Mueller, and he looks like he's flying in the clouds. Bros, how are we doing? Good. Very good. I like the all-white background, Frank. Vin, I love the sweater. You want to go ahead and show the, show the fans that thing? Yeah, yeah, I- yeah. So it's a it's a Santa Claus hockey sweater. It's got the belt, you know, you know, a little white, little red on the back. It's number twenty five because Christmas is on the twenty fifth, and it says Saint Nick. So it's a pretty dope sweater. I, if I do say so myself, I enjoy wearing it around the holiday season. It's actually a light purple, but it looks white on camera. Oh, I mean, that's light purple. I thought he was talking about my jersey, and I was about to ask him if he's literally colorblind. Yeah, I mean, what's up, Scox? How you doing? Yes, with great power comes great responsibility. We're definitely going to get into that. I love what uh, Aldo did with the, the hockey background here. Let's give a shout-out to him right. for the Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Got some snowflake action. Excellent job. Yeah, oh, yeah. When you mix hockey with the holidays or sports in general with the holidays, I always appreciate the graphics that, like, Fox, NBC, and all that do around the holidays. So I was watching Colin Coward yesterday, and – he does the herd hierarchy where he ranks the top 10 NFL teams, according to him each week, every Tuesday. And instead of like the traditional, like Colin Coward background where each team's logo comes once he announces it, it was like this sick, like silhouette of trees with snowflakes falling. I actually thought it was really cool. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Frank, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. I'm up in the clouds right now. I'm uh, 30,000 feet above the ground. <laughs> yeah. So, is, that how, is that how tall clouds are? About 30,000 feet or some like when we were on the plane, you've been in an airplane, you go through clouds. And then when you get through the first set of clouds, there's like clouds above the clouds. So like the clouds you see is like not the tallest clouds there are. You have to go through like multiple sets of clouds to get like fully above. Yeah. Is that what they mean by like cloud nine? Is there nine layers of clouds? No, that's just what stoners say when they get really, really high. No, it is. So, so like, (laughs) Clouds are typically, like you're saying, some clouds like one mile. The highest they go is like approximately nine miles. And then the airplanes fly above that. So that's like how many feet? 
the yeah, the, so the saying definitely you. comes from somewhere. Yeah, so so cloud nine. You're, that's right, the dude. highest clouds go, and there it's around forty seven thousand feet, Frank. That's yes, crazy. What about thirty thousand? You bust through the first set of clouds. Thirty thousand is right around where like hot air balloons are. So yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I normally come into this show like ready with a random ass topic and i had nothing today i didn't even think about it i was just ready to dive into this loaded show with hockey pop culture and christmas that i didn't even remember to like come up with like the pre-period talking but here we are talking about clouds which just shows about you know what type of clowns we are talking about clouds what's your favorite kind of cloud i appreciate a good cumulus cloud that's like the only one i know i think you took mine well cumulus clouds are like I was just, I'm learning so much over here. Like, there's cumulus, cumul, a cumulus, cumula. cumula. Isn't there one that's like starts with a B? Like, uh, braid, it's real small. Braiding orbiter. Maybe. I don't know. I love a good, I love a good thunderstorm too. I have always appreciated a good thunderstorm. We don't get them that much this time of year, but you know, I'm sure a couple snowstorms will be in our way. Not long after Christmas. We all want a white Christmas and then to never see snow again until the following Christmas season. And we're going to get the exact opposite. There's been like a couple flurries here and there. And then as soon as Christmas is over, we're going to just get buried. That I mean, that's just the way like it goes. Some snow on Christmas. Just a little bit. Yeah, there's not going to be this year, I don't think. Yeah, no, there wasn't last year. It was like 50 degrees last year. And I think we broke a record. I was seeing on the news yesterday. I'm pretty sure we broke a record for the, the longest it's been without accumulating snow december yeah. 20th was like the last record set in 2016 or something like that 2012 yeah, it's crazy know. right now and that there's is... no accumulated snow and we're past december 20th yeah i mean last year on my birthday which is december 9th for those who don't know um i ate lunch outside and then this year it was freezing on my birthday but a week later it was 60 again so weather's weird man but we like weather here on this podcast yeah Next time, uh, so the name for the clouds, uh, it said on the bottom, I don't know if you saw that the cumulus clouds are like the fluffy ones. The name of the cloud, uh, at like when you say you're on cloud nine, is called anvil cloud. So instead of saying you're on cloud nine, be like, I'm above the anvil cloud. That's what I'm going to start saying. Start saying it. You'll sound really smart and everyone will know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, or they'll exactly. look at you and you got three heads and be like, what the I mean, hell is this talking about? He's used to that. So you know, you know what sport isn't affected by weather? Hockey. Hockey, which we are going to talk about. Thank you as look going through all the sports. Well, there's a and lot. Period number one. Welcome to period number one, where we're going to talk about hockey because this is a hockey show. And this is going to be the only show in 2020. This is our 39th show. And it's our second to last show in 2020. Or 2021, I meant to say. You, you all know what year it is. I don't need to tell you. It's the second to last show in 2021, and I have a feeling this will be the one we talk about hockey the least. But we still got to get it done. It's our favorite sport. We all love hockey. I went to a sports store the other day doing some Christmas shopping. Everyone goes to the baseball, and I love baseball. The White Sox are my favorite team. I adore baseball. It's my first love. But I went straight to the hockey gear. I got to look at the Connor McDavid jerseys. There was an old school Patrick Line Jets jersey. He's on the Blue Jackets now. So, like, you know, just all the different type of stuff that, like, you would want to see as a hockey fan. That's where I start poking my nose all the time. They even had Jonathan Taves and Duncan Keith Team Canada jerseys. So those are really, really cool. Um, but hockey's not the funnest place right now. There is COVID-19. 
all over the place. This variant sucks ass. People are arguing over vaccines, masks, whatever. I don't give a shit about your opinion. I just want to watch hockey. And of course, there has been an official pause. There was many, many games getting canceled. And now the league is on full pause leading into the Christmas break. All the games that have been canceled will be made up over the next couple months. We'll, we'll talk about when I think they're going to get made up in a couple minutes here. But guys, don't you think this just really sucks leading into the holidays? Because I love nothing more than a Festivus. For those who don't know, Festivus is December 23rd. Shout, shout out Seinfeld. I love watching games leading up to Christmas and then having your nice little break on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and Boxing Day. But we're not going to have that this year. There's no more hockey till the 28th, tentatively. And it sucks. I'll start with you. Yeah, it does suck. We're so used to watching those games, especially, like you said, uh, the 23rd. And then you, lately they've had 24th, 25th, and 26th off. Um, so it's not going to be much of a difference there. But leading up to it is definitely weird. The last time the Bruins played was six days ago, almost a week ago to the day. And um, it sucks because even leading up to that game, they were affected by COVID and all that. So, I mean, I'd rather them, you know, figure it out and everyone be healthy, obviously. But it just sucks that, you know, I guess you, from a selfish point of view, like I don't get to watch my hockey. So that sucks, but it's for the better as of right now. Frank on you. Yeah. I, uh, I think right now it is weird because I haven't seen the Hawks play in a while. They were supposed to play today. I'm pretty sure. Or yesterday today to or yesterday. And then again, tomorrow. And then they were supposed to play the Panthers a few days ago and I don't get to watch that. But I think taking an earlier break is definitely going to help contain the spread of COVID in the NHL. Um, they were going on break anyway, so going on it a few days earlier is probably the right thing to do. And I honestly think that these extra couple of days will help in the long run to get these games played back on track. Um, I do think the NHL is one of the most affected leagues in sports at this moment. Uh, I don't know if that has to do with the Canadian teams in there too and so much traveling to like out of the country. Because I know Adam Silver came out uh, today or yesterday, I forgot, and he said that he doesn't plan on any postponements or pauses on the NBA season. Games are being postponed, but he doesn't plan on pausing it um, because of what's going on, because it's not being as affected as other leagues are. Yes, the NFL plays outside in most stadiums, so there's that. They've canceled a couple games. There were obviously some Tuesday night games. I was pissed that in Chicago we couldn't watch the Rams yesterday. That's so stupid. Like, if you're going to have one game, figure it out, NFL. Put it on NFL Network. Do something. But the fact that the NBA is not canceling, yes, there's only one Canadian team, and the Bulls happen to be playing them tonight, and it was already postponed because of border troubles and whatnot. So I, the NBA is going to play on Christmas Day. We'll see if they're ever forced to pause, but I, I do agree with you, Frank. The first step that the NHL took was canceling all games leading into Christmas between teams of different countries. So the seven Canadian teams basically couldn't play any American teams and vice versa, obviously. And, of course, that affects the Canadian teams more than the American teams because there's only seven of them. Most of the Canadian teams' games are against American teams. Most of American teams' games are also against American teams, so they were affected a little bit less. But hopefully once they're able to – resume on Monday and get some of these guys who were in protocol. Like Joey said, the Bruins were affected by it. Probably. I think they were the second most affected team of any team in the NHL only behind the Carolina hurricanes who were like dressing nine forwards at one point. It's just absolute redonkulous, but 
you know, the Bruins are right there. And then they finally started getting their games canceled against the Habs. I think them being a Canadian team really helped push it over the edge, of course. But, you know, even the Devils missing guys like Nico Hishier and Graves and, you know, just some of their best players and being forced to play. They're already in a rut. They already stink without those guys being gone. So you take those guys out. And then what really happens, you really start to see how, you know, you start to really notice how good some of these guys are too when they're missing because they're always better than the replacement level players. So it really sucks. And of course the big, big, big news to come out of the new COVID variant in terms of the hockey world. Before I say it, can either of you off the top of your head say the new COVID variant? Omnicron. Omnicron. Why the fuck couldn't they just call it gamma or something? Like they went Delta and then they go with Omnicron. Like fucking just, Go- I don't know. Keep going with the Greek alphabet the right way, like normal people. It shouldn't be easier to read Yu-Gi-Oh cards than COVID <laughs> variants. I'm just telling you, man. I'm just telling you. So, of course, the big news: the National Hockey League has decided to pull out of the 2022 Beijing Winter Winter Olympic Games. And I almost combined the words Winter and Olympic for Wimpic which is kind of funny. Joey makes a couple Olympic faces every now and then. The Olympic Games will not be participate par- participated by NHL players. Guys, this sucks ass. Me and Joey were about to have some heated battles, and I agree with Aldo calling it the pain in the ass virus. I, I couldn't agree more. This shit sucks ass. I hate it. And I have never hated anything more, I don't think, because it cost almost a full baseball season. Um, it's ruining the NHL. It's making things just the only sport it hasn't affected that much. Like I know the Broncos played that game last year where a wide receiver was the quarterback, but like other than that, in a couple can't like it just sucks for hockey and baseball, especially in the NBA too. Um, you know what else it fucked up is fantasy hockey and fantasy sports. And I'm yeah, fantasy baseball was no fun. Fantasy hockey is no fun right now. Yeah, I suck. And yeah, the teams that are in first place are probably going to say I'm just saying that because I'm doing bad. But you are. It's hard to it's hard to climb an uphill battle when now I have to deal with half my team has COVID. Yeah. Last week. I mean, you you started you started four and six before anyone tested positive. But that's a story for another day. Um, The NHL Olympic break is now just an Olympic break. Guys, Joe, me and you were going to rip on each other. Switzerland was going to whoop the Czech Republic's ass. Now I can't see how. Now I think the check would win without NHL I, players. I don't understand how you you make that makes you flip. That's how you know you're just backtracking out of this because I don't. How does NHL players not going make you flip when the Swiss are having more players who aren't NHL players go? The Czech That's Republic. Not true. It is true. There's way more Czech Republic players in the NHL than there are Swiss. Way right, more. Well, I think they're de- the check is deeper of non-NHL players. Okay, you got me on that. How I I. I I disagree. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, we're not debating here what, who we think would win. Non NHL players and deeper at NHL players. How would they, how do you argue? That? We'll talk about that when the Olympics actually come because we're going to talk. Do you plan on talking about the Olympics without NHL players? Yes, so, it is. Yeah, not, absolutely. There's, there's, even, there's even big world news going on right now. I was just I just saw it earlier. They named oh, we'll Canada. get to it. Oh, we'll get to Canada it. Canada captains and all that. Oh, we'll get to that in shot or no shot. Trust me. Um, I'm. Just curious, like your overall reactions. Are you sad the Olympics aren't going to have NHL players? Are you kind of happy for the sake of your team? Is it a bit of mixed emotions like it is for me? Because for me, it's like, okay, I want the Devils and every player in the NHL to be healthy. And 
I want the NHL to succeed first and foremost. And if going to the Olympics causes Sidney Crosby to be stuck there for 14 days or Connor McDavid gets a heart trophy cost from him because he has to stay in China because he tested positive on the second to last day of the Olympics, it just seems like for the betterment of the NHL, it is a good thing, but it also sucks. Two things can be true. Frank, you first. Well, I do believe that first off, before I get to the Olympics, the NHL will play before the end of the month. I do believe that. And I think that this break and them not going to the Olympics. So, so first of all, like I said, they're going to, I wholeheartedly think they'll play December 28th. I don't think anything will get postponed farther than that. I think that this little bit more than a week will be fine. So that leads into them not going to the Olympics. I think them not going to the Olympics is a blessing in disguise just because now you're going to have all these games to make up. And when would you have the time to make those games up if they went to the Olympics? It's like a three-week break they'd be going. That is perfect amount of time to make up any games that were missed because of COVID, not even relating to the games that would be missed this past week because there were games earlier in the season that were postponed or whatever. So that's perfect opportunity to make it up. And you don't know down the line if there'll be more games to that they'll have to make up too. So that stretch in February – I think the NHL is going to use that. It sucks because I want to watch Patrick Kane participate in the Olympics. And I know, Vin, we discussed last night, uh, is 38-year-old Patrick Kane or 37-year-old Patrick Kane, will he make the next Winter Olympics after this? I don't know. So, you know, some of these great legends in hockey right now, we might not see them ever get to participate in another Winter Olympics again, which kind of sucks. But for the sake of our teams getting healthy again, um, I think this little break will do it. So them not going to the Olympics is not that big of a deal for me. We'll still see hockey in the Olympics. We'll still get to watch hockey in the Olympics. That's not going to change. They just won't be NHL players. So I'm, I'm okay with it. I agree with you. Um, I can already confirm that a bunch of the Devils games that have been canceled already will be made up between February 2nd and 29th as a result of the uh, no longer participating in the Olympics. So that is something that's going to happen. They are going to use that time to reschedule all these games, and it is better for the league as a whole, Joe. Yeah, Frankie pretty much said everything that I wanted to touch on. So, I I mean, excellent job, Frank. Um, I'll just go ahead and speak more about how sad I am that I'm not going to be able to see – Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, David Pasternak, uh, maybe Tuka Rask. I have a feeling he's going to sign before uh, the Olympics even start. So he will be an NHL player. Um, so most likely he won't go unless he now he waits because he wants to go. But he's 34 right now. 38-year-old Tuka Rask probably doesn't make a Team Finland. Uh, Patrice Bergeron at 40 won't make it. So like this was my last chance to see those guys who have been so impactful for their teams. I'll probably still see David Pasternak again in my life. But you know, some of my favorite players, it's going to be sad to never see them play for their countries again because it, it does create a new rooting interest. Like, why the hell is this little Italian-American kid wearing a Finland jersey to high school? That was me back when the last time they played an international play because it makes you root for these countries because those are my favorite players playing for them. So it's sad that that's not going to happen, but good for our, our teams at home, I guess. And you have noticed that the players who have come out and spoken about it, Crosby, Kane, Bergeron. These are all guys in their early, you know, their early 30s, mid 30s, knowing that probably Crosby might, Kane might, but like 40 year old Patrice Bergeron's not making Team Canada. That's just not going to happen. There's Connor McDavid, there's Nathan McKinnon, there's, you know, all these upcoming young players, even Shane Wright 
might be like Olympic ready by the time 2022 or 2026 comes around, whatever year. And I just, I agree with you. It sucks for like those people who are on the older side. But like you said, we will see Nathan McKinnon. We will see Connor McDavid. Those guys will be back participating in the Olympics. But, you know, Frank and Joe, I got to ask you, starting with Frank, who do you think this hurts the most in terms of hockey country? Because I think there's a clear answer. Well, is you just talking about the country specific or the players? The country specific. Just the country? Yep. Well, then I'd have to go with Canada just because they have the biggest restrictions. And it's not just in, like I said earlier, it's not just in the NHL. The Bulls game was postponed tonight because the Raptors were coming from Toronto here. And it, not any other basketball games were postponed tonight. The NBA's got a full slate of games tonight, but it's because the Toronto Raptors were coming to town. Toronto can't even participate in basketball. Look at all the Canadian teams, too. Like, when all these things are lifted, they still might have restrictions just because their rules are so different there. Yeah, I think you got my question a little mixed up. I agree with everything you just said. What I meant to ask was, what country is hurt the most by NHL players not going? In terms oh. of their chance to win. Oh, I was asking, are the players like the country or like the country? Yeah, I thought you meant the individual players themselves. Like, No, no, no. So what, there's what, only one right answer here. I think it's got to be Canada. I, I still think it's I Canada. I still agree. Just I agree. Canada? Yeah. Canada, I think Canada was so stacked as it was. Look at all the players that Canada was going to They could have made Canada A and Canada B, and they would have won gold and silver in my That's opinion. That's what I'm saying. But I thought USA was like a mediocre team with all the NHL players. Now they're just going to be bad. Okay, mediocre. Relax, dude. They were going to be the second best team in the tournament. No, they were not going to yes, be better. They were. they were not going to be better than Russia. Me and Joey will never agree on world hockey competition. That's just a fact. I think they were the second best team. Dude, with Matthews and Eichel are like your top two centers, like you're competing with any country in the world except Canada. I disagree. All right. Well, that's a story for another day. You So Joey thinks it's Team USA. I do think it's Team USA. All right. Well, I think it's Canada because I think Canada has no chance if there are no NHL players. I think the USA has a fighting chance. They have collegiate players. You know, the, the junior players are not going to go to the Olympics. College players would. And that's where I think the U.S. has the advantage over Canada without the NHL. Canada is going to probably be pretty bad without, you do know. Do you think they place a medal? No, absolutely not. I think, I think Russia. European run for sure. European run for sure. I do think they're all better than Team USA. I just think USA is better than Canada. Like, think about the Olympics last time. Like, Brian Gianta was the captain, still a pretty good player back then. They had players like Donato and Greenway and, you know, uh, I don't think McAvoy was eligible yet. But there was just some good college players that were playing in that tournament that, you know, are also going to be able to this year. Someone like Luke Hughes might make Team USA. There's no – Shane Wright isn't going to play for Canada. Lafreniere is already in the NHL. So, like, all their top prospects can't play, and the Team USA guys might. And same thing with someone like Finland. Um, you know, there are so many good Finnish players at the top of this upcoming draft. Haven't memorized their names fully yet. I'm still in NHL mode, but once the World Juniors come through, I'll start learning all these guys' names and getting prepared for the draft. But, you know, it, jo Joey's right. It's going to be pretty European stacked. But I must ask each of you, what player or give me two or three players do you feel the most sorry for in terms of this whole thing? 
I'll start. And there's one player that I feel bad for because I feel like this guy wants a gold medal just on his resume. And he's probably going to say the same person, probably never going to get it. He's always been super passionate about playing. We're going to say the same person. He's a sure shot hall of famer. He could have never played international play a day in his life. And he still would be a sure shot hall of famer. He's the best goal scorer to ever play the game of hockey. And that's Alexander Ovechkin. I feel sorry for him. We did not say the same person. He really, I'm, I'm shocked because he is so passionate about his Russian pride playing for Russia. He loves it. And he's never won a gold medal, so I'm sure that's something he really wanted to get one last shot at because next time the Olympics roll around, I I don't know if old man Ovi is going to be around. To, to... I he'll cert- be around, but I don't know if he'll, uh, he'll be the Ovi he is right now. I certainly agree with you that I feel sorry for him. That's just not who I was thinking first and foremost. I think Russia had no chance if the NHL went. I think they're like the fifth or sixth best team. So like the guy I was thinking of, I legitimately think would have won gold had the NHL players gone. The person I feel the most sorry for out of all this is Steven Stamkos. Steven Stamkos was, is one of the very best players in the world. He he's an underrated player. Now nobody talks about Stamkos with like the Crosby's, the Malkins, the Canes, the Taves of the last 10 years, even though he's right there. He's got over 400 goals. He's barely 30. But the next time the like, – making Team Canada so hard, being a really good 34-year-old, if you're Canadian, is almost a lot to not make Team Canada. Like, I think of someone, you know, a good example. Well, Joe Pavelski's American. But, like, the fact that he probably may or may not make Team USA, he might this year if they were going. But, like, John Tavares, is he a lot to make Canada? No. So, like, Steven Stamkos, he never got an Olympic gold medal. The one year he really had a chance, he broke his leg and never made it to the Olympics, and they had to replace him with Marty St. Louis. So, for me, Steven Stamkos is the guy that I feel the most sorry for out of everyone because I believe he would have made it, and I believe he would have finally added a gold medal to his Hall of Fame resume. Yeah, and he wasn't a – like, going into this year, I agree that he would have made it Team Canada, but going into this year, it's not. it wasn't a sure shot that he'd make it. He's dealt with no. a lot of injuries, and yes. well, he's having an incredible year. He had a power play goal yesterday in the only yep. game that took place. So I agree with you. Steven Samkos definitely missed out. But what I wanted to say about Ovi, like, yeah, I, I don't necessarily think Russia could would have won gold medal. I think it was Canada's to lose. I think we all agree on that. But um, Russia, I feel like, you know, would have had a good chance. I think this would have been one of the better Russian teams. The Olympic athletes from Russia, not Team Russia, uh, with Vasilevsky in the prime of his career, Artemi Panarin, and Alex Ovechkin literally having a career year in the oldest year. <laughs> like, this dude's leading the NHL in points, or he was at one point. I don't know if he still is, as, you know, a 36-year-old, which is just insane. Uh, yeah. So I feel bad for him because he was very passionate. Remember he threatened that he was still going to go to the Olympics last year or last time it was around, and he was just going to deal with the fine and discipline from the Washington Capitals. He ended up not. And they won the cup. Yeah. So I feel bad for him because now here it comes again. Obi can't play. Frank, who do you got? Yeah, I'm I'm just going to – it's like a cop-out answer, but it's true. I kind of feel bad for McDavid just because this was – I agree. This was going to be his first ever Olympics because when he was drafted, he was in the 2015 NHL entry draft. That's the year he was drafted. And the NHL hasn't been back in the Olympics since 2014. So this was McDavid's first chance, and playing for your country is so prideful. And I know McDavid's heart, and he's he loves Canada. He loves playing for the Oilers. And just to get, be able to represent your team 
I mean, it's been a long time coming. It's hard to believe he's been in the NHL for almost seven years. I mean, I, I remember when he was drafted. I remember where I was when he was drafted. Um, I'll never forget that moment. So just the fact that he had the one chance, this was his chance to play. And now the next time he'll get the chance to play, he'll be 11 years older of when he was first drafted. That's a big difference. I mean, he wants to play in these national games as much as he can. He wants a gold medal. He wants a Stanley Cup. He wants to accumulate those things before age becomes a factor. Now, of course, we're going to see McDavid play. I mean, he's so young, and there will be many opportunities more. But you don't know what happens down the line. Weird freak things happen. So, like, you just want to get that. I wholeheartedly believe they would have won gold for sure. So yeah. the only team I could see giving them a chance was Team USA. I was so high on Team USA. If you guys look at what Team USA's roster would have been, Pacioretty, um, freaking Pavelski are having great years. Patrick Kane, those are the veterans. Then you got Eichel, McDavid, Hellebuck, McAvoy, Fox. I mean, a team, the Hughes brothers, the Kachuk brothers. The Team USA would have been stacked. I think they would have given Canada a run. I ultimately think Canada would have won. But, man, I'm so disappointed from a Team USA point of view. They're my number two team that I think it hurt the most because, like Joey said, it's going to be European ran from there. But, man, this sucks. And I agree with all three of our answers. And, Frank, you make a good point. And Joey brought it up too. Think about, like, Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn. Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn were locks to make the Olympic team in 2018. They were two of the 20 best players in the entire National Hockey League. And now Seggs and Ben, they've kind of dealt with a couple injuries, a little bit of inconsistencies. Now they're not even the first and second best player on their team anymore. They're probably like the fifth or sixth best players on their team. And they're still good. Tyler Sagan, he scores every now and then. Jamie Ben's always making plays. He's hard to play against. But, like, they're not the 100-point guys that they once were. And so, like, that can happen to Stamkos. You know, when he's 33, 34, he can go from a 90-point guy to a 40-point guy or a 50-point guy. That just happens in the NHL sometime. And it might so- sound weird, me, me saying that about Stamkos. You might not agree. I, I hope that's not going to happen. I don't think it's going to, but it's possible because four years ago, you would have never thought it about Ben and Sagan. So, you know, times change. Things move quickly. The league right now is going to look so different than it does four years from now. And, you know, McDavid will probably have a thousand points already by that time. And he'll be ready to be the captain. Taves is not making, Taves probably wouldn't have made it. He wouldn't have made it this year. Bergeron, like, isn't a lock. Marshan might, I feel bad for Marshan too. That's a good person to name because he finally gets the notoriety he deserves as a top 10 NHL offensive player. And that's not going to be that way in four years from now. I, I didn't so, even think about him. I honestly changed. I'm changing my answer to Brad Martian. <laughs> he didn't play and he's never played in the Olympics. No. And the world cup makes me feel a little bit better about it because Brad Martian, Steven Stamkos did get to participate in the world cup of hockey and mm-hmm. they did win gold and they were huge parts of it, especially Martian. But, and I did hear the NHL, there are rumors that they are going to bring back the NHL players association is going to push hard for the World Cup of Hockey in the next CBA because the players really want to make up for missing this Olympic. I think it was like, this isn't confirmed, but in my opinion, it wouldn't shock me if there was like a handshake agreement that that will happen. Like, hey, guys, COVID, this shit fucking sucks. You know, we need to do something about it. We can't go to China. If you're the Leafs, you really want Austin Matthews going to China, testing positive for COVID and staying there for 14 days? You're in a pennant race. I call it a pennant race. We've got baseball in mind. You're in a division race. 
you know, you're three points removed from first place and the Bruins are coming. The Tampa Bay Lightning and the Florida Panthers are right there with you within four points. The Red Wings are having a really good year so far. Nope, Nobody's safe in the NHL. Look, the Oilers went on like a three-game losing streak, and now they're only in a playoff spot by one point. Imagine if they lose McDavid or Dreisaitl playing for Germany or Canada. Like, I understand why the NHL pulled out, and I'm sure the players do too, and that's why I do think ultimately the World Cup of Hockey will return. Jets goalie Connor Hellebuck says the league is overreacting. Do you agree? I don't agree. I think the league is doing what, you know, because isn't this decision based or agreed upon by the league and the NHL Players Association? Yes, they came to an agreement. Yeah, so I don't think I don't think there's any overreacting. It's just doing what's best for their clubs, which is ultimately what makes them the money and keeps the fans interested. So Yeah, Connor Hellebuck needs to take it up with his own people because the NHL Players Association was in agreement with the National Hockey League on this matter. And I... I don't think it's like a COVID thing necessarily. Like this new variant, a lot of people are asymptomatic. You can have your opinion. I don't care about your COVID opinion. I really don't anyone. And I don't even care about my own COVID opinion. So like, it's not even about that. It's about the NHL protecting its business, protecting its plans, protecting its brand. They don't want their players, regardless of what you think of rules, rules are rules. There are people that think that marijuana should be legal in all 50 states, right? Well, guess what? It's not in some. So if you do it, you're going to get in trouble. The same thing with like anything else. There are things that are legal. You can, we could debate whether or not you think it's a good rule or not, but the rule is the rule. If they tested positive, they would have to stay and no team wants it. And anybody who can't understand with that, I just don't understand. Like if you're Connor Hellebuck, right? You're the Ginnipeg Wets and your club is like really in the playoff race. The Jets are a bubble team. They're the definition of a bubble team right now. If they lose Hellebuck, teams like Dallas, Nashville, Vegas, they're going to mop the floor with them. You know, Winnipeg's a good team. They got good forwards, a couple good defensemen, but like Hellebuck is the star of that team. And if they didn't have him, they'd go nowhere. So I, I don't understand what he's talking about, to be and honest. And it's not like that they're, it's going to be another instance where they cancel the whole season. No. That's not, that's not what's happening here. And I don't want people who like, don't follow the NHL that much. They're only taking like a two to three day extra break. It's like not that big of a deal if they have to take a couple days off. Like people shouldn't be overreacting. Like I think Hellebuck's overreacting about people overreacting <laughs> because it's, they were going on break anyway. It's not like they're saying, yeah, we're going to resume in February. They plan tentatively to resume on December 28th. So I don't get what the big deal is. I don't, you know, it's it's not a big deal. I don't think they're overreacting. I think they're doing the smart thing. Absolutely. I agree. So we already kind of went over that the fact that they're probably going to use that COVID break to make up for NHL games. As long as there's hockey during those three weeks, I'll be cool with it. The NHL is not going make up those Devils games, make up those Bruins games. The Hawks got a couple to make up now. So, you know, speaking of those three teams, I wanted to do a quick roundtable. There's not much to talk about. You know, for me, we're going to go through each of our three favorite teams. Do you think the Devils are good? No. They're my team. They're the one I'm doing my roundtable on. I just – they were missing Heashier, Graves, Subban, uh, Jaros, all these players that, like, help them win or at least help them stay competitive because they don't do much winning anymore. Those guys were out for a couple weeks. You heard me scream. You can check out the last episode on me truly screaming about it. Or was it two episodes ago now? I'm going to post that clip over the holiday break. It's definitely a good one. Um, They're just bad. They're a bad team. 
they lose basically every game they play lately. I do think this pause is good for them because they are going to get Heashier back. Heashier and Graves skated in their most recent practice before things got shut down for the holidays. Um, so I think they'll come back and play on Tuesday and hopefully end the skid and maybe turn the tables. But for me, we're I hate to – I'm not canceling the season yet. They're only like seven points out. It's certainly not impossible. I am starting to look towards the draft and the world juniors and what devils players are going. We're going to see Alexander Holtz. We're going to see Shakir Mohamedou and Luke Hughes is playing for team USA. So that's kind of where I'm at on the devils. And so Frank Chicago Blackhawks. Well, I said on the last show that I gave the Hawks till January 5th, the first show of uh, 2022 that we're on before I pronounce them dead officially. Uh, I got to kind of extend that at least a week or two, just because of all the postponements that's been happening. Still so, 10 points out, just like they were last show. Yeah, so, I mean, nothing's really changed. They missed the uh, two games, two or three, I don't know. Um, I don't know if there was one after. Frankie's like, Frankie's like, I bought an extra week of being able to put the X on. <laughs> to what? <laughs> to being able oh, to yeah. count them dead. And he's like, I got yeah, an extra I mean, week. <laughs> I mean, I can't. I, that's, it wouldn't be fair if I pronounced yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So I have to give him the benefit of the doubt. I did see Jujar Kara has been skating, which is great news. So Shout I think, out to him. Yeah, I'm, I'm very happy to see him back on his feet. Um, I'm like, you have no idea. I, I really like this guy a lot. Um, I think he bring, brings great energy to the lineup. So I think this will also help maybe a little bit. It's not like, you know, he was going to come back right away anyway. But it gives the team time to rest. They need the rest, as you could tell in the standing. So I, I just think this pause is going to help them. Like you said, they would help the Devils. You think it's going to help the Devils. Get some players healthy. Get players' legs a little bit of a rest. Get their mindsets fresh. Enjoy time with their family. And hopefully the next time we talk, not now, but the first time we talk in the new year, I could uh, talk a little more highly of them. Maybe they'll get their shit together. They've played better. You know, you know my thoughts on them. They have to be playing better than better in order to get back in the playoff race. Mm-hmm. Joe, Boston Bruins. Yeah, this has been one of the most frustrating seasons to watch the Bruins. And, yeah, COVID has a lot to do with it. But they're a good hockey team. I stand by that. That have just, you know, not, not necessarily shown it. The games played haven't been there. If you've been listening to this show week after week, you hear me bitch and complain about the games played that the Bruins are lacking um, they have 26 games played. Meanwhile, a lot of other teams are sitting at 30, 31, 29. Um, and then you look at this, this COVID outbreak. Well, first of all, I'll start by saying the Bruins were finally starting to play good. Brad Martian gets suspended. Okay. They actually played kind of okay without him, but then he gets COVID and they lose two games. A lot of other guys, Bergeron got COVID, Jeremy Swayman got COVID. They lose two games in a row and then the NHL goes on pause. So, for me, I was actually happy when the, the Bruins postponed until after Christmas because that meant, okay, if I, next time I watch this team, it's not going to be so shorthanded. They're not going to only be able to dress 11 forwards and six defensemen and not have their number one goaltender. So I was actually happy, obviously, assuming everyone is safe and healthy at the end of all this. But um, the two teams that you guys just talked about, the Hawks and the Devils, are going to miss two games during this PPD postponement uh, of games due to COVID. The Bruins are going to miss five. (laughs) So a team that already has so little games played is going to have to make up another five games at some point in the season. This is going to be the most stressful April, March. I could see them being one of the teams like last year's Vancouver and Calgary who are playing regular season games when the playoffs start. 
Like, I don't know how they're going to figure this out, but the Bruins are going to be very behind on games. Play. There's a three-week break with nothing. They'll get it done. There's going to be a lot of uh, two two games in three days, game after game day, day off, game day, day off. It's going to be a lot of that, which is not anything to work around. I think it'll help the Bruins. I I hope because I truly believe they're going to get it. They're going to get in a rhythm. They're going to sign Rask and Krejci after the Olympics are over, and they're going to get in a rhythm and play 40 games in 60 days. And they're just going to be sick going into the playoffs as long as they stay healthy. I truly believe that. Think about it. The Bruins are basically as if they've played no games this season right now. They're as rested as if they've played no games. I truly believe that. And it's going to be like they're playing a 56-game schedule while the rest of the league is not. And Like last year. They have a winning record. Like I've seen – glimpses of this team just being like unbeatable so when I they're mean, playing to their system when everyone's healthy like they are they look unbeatable it's just the consistency is hasn't had a chance to be there because they have a one one game in a week they're three points out of a playoff spot but they have five games in hand on the detroit red wings who hold the final spot and they have two games in hand over the columbus blue jackets who are one point behind them and they're the only team below the playoff line that has a positive goal differential. They're better than the Red Wings. I think the Red Wings are really good. The Red Wings are exactly what I told you they were going to be on our last show before the season started when we did our preview of the Atlantic Division. And so I'm very proud of the Red Wings. I'm very proud of my prognostics of the Red Wings going into the season. They're exactly the team I thought they'd be. Negative goal differential, get killed some games, kill other teams other games. Cider, Raymond, Zadina, Larkin, these guys are all good. And they're going to show they're good, but they're a year shy. The Bruins are going to catch them and go way up. Like, I don't know if they're going to catch Florida, Toronto, or Tampa Bay, because while the Bruins are trying to make up games, those three teams are going to continue to win. I do believe that. And, you know, the Bruins just might have to settle for a wild card this year because of circumstance. But, I mean, that doesn't mean anything that they're bad. They're going to be a 600 winning percentage team. And out of our three teams, they have the best chance of representing this podcast deep in the postseason. Yeah, and, and those three teams are going to be hard to catch. But keep in mind there's um, a lot of games to be played against those teams. So if the Bruins are able to take take care of business against some of those top division rivals, like you never know. I'm not counting that out. If I were the Bruins, I would want to come in the second wild card spot. I would want to get myself in the Metropolitan side of the playoffs. I think the Bruins can blow through the Hurricanes, Capitals, and Rangers. I just do. The Capitals, to me, are very good. I'm an Alexander Ovechkin fan. I'm a Nicholas Backstrom fan. TJ Oshie's missed a couple games. But I think the Bruins can beat them in a seven-game series. I know they can beat the New York Rangers in a seven-game series. And the Carolina Hurricanes, to me, are the best team in the Metro. I'd worry more about Pitt than any of them because they have the best coach in the league and a top five player, and Malkin hasn't even returned yet. So out of the Metropolitan teams, that's the team I would worry about the most. But I think the Bruins, their their best bet, I think, would be to somehow figure out a way to get in the Metropolitan division. That could be end up being the first wild card team too because Carolina is only one point behind the Lightning with a game in hand. So yeah, I mean, as long as the Bruins I, get in, I think they'll be fine. From what I've seen, though, with these uh, – with with those Metro teams, they match up pretty well against all the teams, except the one that you think that they'll be easily. And that's the New York Rangers. They, for some reason, struggle in that building. I don't know. I don't know why, but they lately just can't beat the New York Rangers. They, they proven they can beat the uh, Carolina hurricanes, no matter how good of a season the hurricanes have come playoff time. The hurricanes can't win a game. 
they beat the Capitals last year. Uh, now that Holpe's gone, they can finally score on them. Uh, and then the Pittsburgh Penguins is always just a close, you know, Bruins-Penguins is Bruins play good. So, Absolutely. I agree. So, you know, it's it's good hockey talk. We're missing games. Hopefully they're back soon. I'm very excited to watch the World Juniors. We'll talk about that in a minute here. I have stuff on that later in the show. But, I mean, hopefully these guys are able to somewhat enjoy their Christmases, stay healthy, get back on the ice by Monday. That's what we're hoping for. So, got anything left on the National? Nope. We'll see you uh, See you on, what, Tuesday the 28th? No, I have, there are games scheduled on Monday. Oh, but, yeah, okay. I didn't know if those games were going to be played because I saw stuff on the – the 28th i saw teams reporting back and then having to get tested on that monday well i think not a lot of teams play on the monday so it's like most of the teams return uh oh no there's actually a full slate of games on monday actually holy shnikes yeah One, that would two, be in the first three, four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen games that means 28 out of 32 teams it's always like that because the nhl is on pause on the 26th the Battle of Alberta. Oh, I believe the Bruins play against the, Pen- the Penguins. What? I believe the Bruins play those Penguins. They do. If they play happens. the Pittsburgh Penguins. And the Once Hawks after- play, right? The Hawks are one of the four that are off. Oh, they play the 28th then, right? Yes. Sure? They yeah. play the 28th against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah. So I'm very excited for the Battle of Alberta, though. What a nice little after Christmas treat right there. That's my favorite matchup in the NHL right now. So, and with that, we have a very special rest of the show. We're going to finally get to the thing people have been asking for in the chat. I saw like four comments of it in the chat, wanting to know what we think of the new Spider-Man movie. So with that, we would like to send you to period number two. Guys, I'm sick of talking about COVID. Sick of talking about how the NHL is affected by COVID. I want to talk about Spider-Man because Spider-Man is better than COVID. So, guys, we all saw the movie. We saw it together on Thursday night. I honestly think I could not be more happy with the way that things went. And I know I wrote it third, but I want to, like, give our reviews first before we say our rating and where it ranks in the MCU. So I actually wrote out a nice little review on my phone that I would like to read to the crowd. I don't know if either of you have one, but you can give your review off the cuff after I'm done. So here we go. Spider-Man No Way Home is a complicated tale that makes any fan of the franchise smile from beginning to end. It takes knowledge of a 27 movie story to get the full effect. In addition to five additional live action Spider-Man movies that came before it, but it is well worth the reward as a movie fan. Childhood, teenage and adult memories come crawling out as the movie tickles even the smallest details that would make any fan happy. The directors and actors knew exactly what to do in order to make it perfect for fans of the MCU and Spider-Man in general. It is truly a movie 21 years in the making and the rewards of for anyone who has been there for the entire ride. The journey of this franchise is at a new level thanks to this movie as it tells a tale like no other before its time, a true masterpiece. I mean, yeah, I think we got to give him some snaps. <laughs> I want to clap for that. Some legitimate snaps for that spoiler-free review. I, you got to start doing movie reviews because I was like, I was holding my tongue because I was like, 
Are we, what kind of review are you asking for? Spo- I'm assuming spoiler free because spoiler free, to- spoiler free. We gotta wait at least a couple of months before we. Yeah, because that's, that's just my personal opinion on it. So I didn't know what you were gonna say when you read it, but I mean the way you, I mean that was that was a perfect review. You literally, like you said, childhood, teenage, and adult years. I still think I'm just a big child, and in my adult years, I'm never growing but, up. Yeah, but uh, that was that was it perfectly. I grew up on you know those first three Spider-Man movies. Seeing, you know, some of the stuff we saw in the trailer, like it, it all plays a part. And it was honestly from beginning to end, everything that I wanted in a Marvel movie. My favorite thing about MCU movies is when stuff comes together. A lot came together in this movie. If you haven't seen uh, the second, uh, even Spider-Man with Tom Holland, uh, Far From Home. I didn't wasn't expecting it to, you know, continue right where that left off. So it is honestly just a perfect movie from beginning to end. And Marvel is going to take them a few years, I feel, to top this one. So, yeah, my spoiler-free review is uh, it was great. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, no, I just gotta say, like, you nailed it, Ben. Uh, you kind of inspired me to like go be like a reviewer now. Yeah, I want to start. I want to sit down and watch start writing reviews now on movies. I'm going to be the I next. I want to get a monocle. You're going to see me on WGN, Beans Movie Critic Review, whatever. It's going to be something. You're gonna, there you you're gonna go, see Beans. Beans spills the beans. Call it that. Yeah. Beans spills the beans reviews. I mean, you, you, trust me. I'm going to start writing reviews now. But I just want to say for Spider-Man No Way Home, it took me on a roller coaster of a ride in, in such a good way. It was such a great movie. It made me appreciate every Spider-Man movie that came before it. It made me appreciate Spider-Man more of a whole, as a whole of a character. Um, I think that the directors did a great way of juggling the villains that you see in the trailer. Um, they, they did a great way of including them in the movie. Cause uh, I know you mentioned it, Joe, kind of like in infinity war, when there's so many characters, like how do you juggle that? Like you got to make sure, cause it's not a five hour movie. So you have to make sure that you're juggling each of these significant characters in a way that makes sense for the movie. And I think they did a great job. Like, they did a great job of juggling it. Like I said, I was on an emotional roller coaster, made me happy. There's things that made me sad, things that made me laugh, things that made me angry. And that's just through the whole movie. It's, and it's not my favorite Marvel movie in the universe because there's nothing that'll, that the way that infinity war and Endgame made me feel, those are some of my favorite movies of all time, let alone in the Marvel universe. And, and the, the emotion I got from those movies is something that like, it's hard to explain into words because the way I feel, it's just, it's too hard to put into words. But I think that this was ranks third on my Marvel list of favorite Marvel movies. It's definitely my favorite Spider-Man movie. And I knew that going into it. I said that last week. There's no doubt it's not going to be my favorite Spider-Man movie. But uh, I, I think it's such a great, greatly directed movie. The acting was great. And I just want everybody to go see it before anything is spoiled for them. Where, what is your rating of the movie? One to ten? Yep. I'd give it a 9.1. Okay. Joe? Thank you. That was so accurate, that rating. Um, are you going to ask where we rank it in the MCU? Yes. So, Frank, where not- do you rank it? Frankie, Frankie already did. I, it's three for Frankie's me. Frankie's got I, a I three think- with a 9.1. And like, and like Scott said in the chat, um, Endgame was the first superhero movie to make him cry. That movie just, like I said, made me cry. So emotional. So it's going to be very hard to beat that. 
and Infinity War. So yeah, it's three for me, 9.1. Um, 9.1 is very fair. I was actually, before you said it, I was leaning toward a 93, which I think in, in the movie world, you just give that like a 93 out of 100. Yeah, yeah 9.3 is what I'm going to go at, Frank, 93. Uh, it is my favorite movie in the MCU. It It did do that, you know, for me, like, Seeing some of the stuff we saw in this movie, uh, I I thought you see Doctor Strange. Another thing I wanted to say before you asked that, Vin, um, we see Doctor Strange in the trailer. And one thing I loved about the first uh, Spider-Man Homecoming was, you know, Tony Stark was in it. Iron Man is in that movie. And they the, these movies do an excellent job of having another character in it but not stealing the show. Like, we all know Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr., Iron Man, like, that is one of the most important characters, if not the most impo- important character in the MCU. I would say and he's then, the most important character. Okay, exactly. And he does. he's in that movie, and he doesn't steal the show. They did an excellent job with Doctor Strange in this movie doing the same thing because Doctor Strange is an established you know, Avenger superhero, very important in the MCU, and just a remarkable job him not stealing the show. But that being said, all the way some of the stuff came together in this movie, it did recreate that feeling. My favorite thing about the MCU is seeing storylines from other movies come together as one and that's what this movie was all about so i loved it it was my favorite mcu movie and uh yeah it's gonna be tough to beat yeah okay um i gave it a 9.7 and it is second for me out of every mcu movie i have infinity war at a 9.8 i never left a movie theater more rewarded than i have from this movie but I never f- left a movie theater with more of an empty feeling from a movie than I did with Infinity War. When Infinity War ended, I felt like everything that I knew about anything in the story was wrong. And it left me in such a way where I felt confused and sad and angry. And so Infinity War, even though it's not a positive emotion, it touched emotions in ways that like, few life situations can let alone you know fiction situations can so i got it as number two 9.7 i love infinity war it's 9.8 so those are my two and then i have end game three um joe i gotta ask you what does this movie mean to you um see i, I don't know i need you gotta explain like what you're looking for okay here. so so for me <laughs> it means like, i love the movie <laughs> Spider-Man, the character, was something I grew up with. It's one of the first, like, adult-themed movies I ever watched was Spider-Man 1. The first thing that, like, showed the difference between right and wrong and a love story and dealing with what it's like to have your friend be your enemy and, you know, all the complicated things that Peter Parker deals with as an individual. And so it kind of taught me from a young age that, no matter how hard things are in life and things get freaking hard, take it from me. You can always choose to do the right thing. And that's what uncle Ben preaches to Peter throughout the entire first trilogy that came out when I was seven, eight, nine years old. So it means a lot to me from that point of view, no matter what you have in front of you in life, it could suck ass on the highest level and you could still choose to do the right thing. And that applies to life. And then of course there's like, the sappy things like, you know, seeing it with our dad and it just being a big part of our childhood. I always say we had the best childhood of all time. 
And, you know, we owe our parents a lot. And Spider-Man to me is just one of the pieces of that childhood pie that I will always take with me for the rest of my days. So to see it all come together here, that's what that movie means to me. Yeah. Um, before I step away here for a second, uh, before I let Frankie go, I'll just say real quick, um, what it, I guess I get what your question is now. What it meant to me, and I guess something I'll relate to is something we've seen Spider-Man and a lot of, you know, MCU heroes do is try to put what's best for everyone else ahead of their own interest. And we see without, you know, saying exactly what it is, we see Spider-Man do that in this movie. We obviously saw a good example in the MCU is Tony Stark doing that in Endgame. Like, oh, just putting everything else ahead of what your own interests are is something that, you know, kind of kind of I resonate with with uh, Tom Holland as Spider-Man. So, yes, hurry back. We got shot or no shot. Yes, we do. I will be right back. And I also think, like, they say with great power comes great responsibility. In order to do what's right, we have to be steady and give up the thing we want the most from time to time. And that, to me, is something Spider-Man carries as a character as a whole. Yeah, so what it means to me is, well, actually, the first time I watched Spider-Man, the original Spider-Man, I was in the basement. I had no idea what this was because it was so long ago. And I was sitting there watching it with my dad. And I'm like, wow, this movie's really good. I, I really enjoyed the first Spider-Man. It's on my Mount Rushmore Spider-Man movie. Um, and I'm sitting there watching it. And little did I know, me all the way back then, however many years ago, I forgot when it came out, oh, 15 years ago or whatnot, 10, I don't know, not the point. But the point is, I didn't realize that back then, what I'd be watching would be so impactful so many years later. You get what I mean by that? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and Spider-Man, it not only tells a story about superhero, but like you said, great power comes great responsibility. It teaches you life lessons in a way. So it, it doesn't cater to just being a superhero, being a fan of the show, being a fan of the character. But it, it Spider-Man does a great job in teaching you like life lessons to use in your daily life. And, and that's what I love so much about the movie. I love when movies can cater to your personal life. And, and when you could look back on movies and say, oh, wow, I, I just I like those type of things in a movie. So I, I, that's what it means to me. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I just loved it from beginning to end. Um, it was it was highly anticipated. And I would say it was the second most anticipated Marvel movie. The first being Endgame. It was even more than Infinity War. See, I didn't see Infinity War in theaters. I uh, I saw Endgame in theaters, and I this is the most I've been excited for a Marvel movie since Endgame, um, just because back then when Infinity War came out, I wasn't watching the Marvel movies at that point, um, and it lived up to my expectations. Everything we saw in the movie, I really didn't have anything like, oh, I my expectations were met. You know, I don't want to say too much, but yeah, I, I thought it was a great movie, and like you said, it was so anticipated. Not only for people who watch Marvel movies, but there are Spider-Man fans out there who don't watch like the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe. I know a couple of people who mentioned wanting to see Spider-Man who don't who aren't familiar with the universe. So like this movie connected with a lot more people, a lot more people than people think. Yes. And I've seen almost every MCU movie in theaters. And except for the very, very early ones when I wasn't able to just go to the theater whenever I want. Um, I would say three of them had crowd reactions mid movie where people started clapping as if they were watching a play. 
and this was one of them. Do you like that? I do. I think it makes the movie better, in my opinion. I love when something happens and the whole crowd sits there and cheers. To me, it just makes that better. I don't know. I just love the feeling. Yeah. So do you plan on seeing it a second time in theaters? Or are you going to wait for it to hit Disney Plus in three or four months? See, I'm not one to usually rush back to the theater to watch it again. I could just wait. I just soak everything in. Um, I have heard that people who saw it a second time like even like it even more than they did the first time. But I'm just not that type of person. I, I'll just wait for it to watch it on Disney+. Plus. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I'm normally that person, too. The only movies I've gone back and re-watched in the theaters. I saw Infinity War in theaters three times. I saw Endgame in theaters three times. And then there are a couple Star Wars movies I've seen in theaters three times. I think I'm going to go back once. I don't know if I'm going to do the three times just because, you know, movie tickets are expensive. There's COVID. I don't want to wear a mask. Like, I just think it's worth it to me to go one more time. And I think I'm going to try it over the next couple of days. Yeah, I um, see. I would go see it again if it wasn't like if say I saw the Spider-Man and you haven't seen it yet. And you were going to the theater and like, hey, you want to go see it? I'd say, yeah, I'd go with you to see it a second time because like in that case I would. But. Yeah, seeing it a second time is not stupid. You should go and see it. Yeah, and we're waiting for Joey to get back because I, I have a couple questions for him about, you know, the money that the movie's making. But I, I just think that we went into this movie with so much hype. We talked about it on this show for weeks. Mm -hmm. And it finally came. And it got to the point where, like, when I was sitting in the chair and everything started rolling, I just got like super excited. So did I. Well, it looks like Joey's back and we are ready to go. And I got some questions for you guys in period number three. Welcome to period three where we're going to play a little game. We played it last week in honor of my favorite radio morning show, Cap and J Hood. They play a game called Shot or No Shot. And it's where I present to you a question. And you come back to me with shot or no shot. And most of them are hockey related because this is a hockey show, but it's a fun little game. But based on the events of the second period, I have to lead off with this one. Gentlemen, Spider-Man No Way Home was the third highest grossing movie of all time on opening weekend. It only trails Avengers Endgame and Avengers Infinity War. So I ask you, we'll start with Joey and then rotate every question. Shot or no shot, it breaks Endgame's record of the highest grossing movie of all time. No shot. No shot. You got to give a little explanation, too. No shot. I, I feel like wasn't didn't like Endgame re-release it, or am I thinking of something else? I think Avatar re-released itself. Yeah, oh, was Avatar did that? Yeah, yeah so I mean... Avatar did that, and they still weren't even able to catch Endgame. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going to say no shot. I remember the hype around Endgame was unreal. You talked about how you felt when you left the theater after Infinity War. I agree. It, there was a long waiting period in between uh, seeing Infinity War and seeing Endgame. And honestly, seeing or after Infinity War ended, ended, that gap in between Infinity War and Endgame there were probably so many people who ran all 23 Marvel movies just because of the hype around Infinity War. And 
in order to build that up again for a new movie like we had with Endgame would just take, you know, a whole pretty much a whole other franchise to do or a whole other movie like Infinity War, which I don't think we're going to get anytime soon. So I'm just going to say no shot that the, the Endgame will hold that record for quite a while. Right. Uh, I'm going to go with no shot as well, just because there were so many people going to see Endgame because of who was in the movie. Just prior to like, you don't need to know much to know who was going to be in that movie. You saw it on posters. I mean, people are going to see Spider-Man who love Spider-Man, who are part of the MCU. But there were so many Marvel people who aren't even like, who haven't even seen all the movies who went to see Endgame. So it's like that movie had so much hype around it. And Spider-Man No Way Home did too. But I just don't see everybody who was so hyped up for Endgame. And all the non-fans of the Marvel Universe going to see this movie. I, I just don't. I just that is such a legendary movie. It's gonna be hard to catch. I agree. So back to the sports. The National Hockey League is not going to the Olympics. Shot or no shot, the Olympic athletes of Russia are now the favorites to win the tournament. Frank. Um I'll go with shot. Just because I think uh, Russia's got a lot of depth, not in the NHL. Um, like you said, Canada, they're not going to make a run, I don't think. They're not even going to place. I don't think USA will make a run. I do think they'll be better than Canada, like you said. Um, what's going on with my camera? I didn't even I do that too. I was waiting for you to complain about it. <laughs> I didn't even do anything. I didn't even get really close like I do. Um, try getting really close to undo it. Yeah, I will when you're, it's your turn. But, um, yeah, I just – I don't really see Russia being contended by anyone else. Am I wrong? Or like, I'd, They I'd, are the defending Olympic gold champion. I, I got to hear Joey's opinion because I just don't think there's, a, there's another team out there with no NHL players going that's really going to contend with them. Them being already the defending champs, the Olympic gold, and now there's no NHL players, I, I just don't see it happening. Joseph? Um, yeah, I actually have a uh, – I'm trying to load it up here. Okay, so here we go. I have it. Um, I will say, shot to your question, the the favorites by far right now are the uh, Olympic athletes from Russia. And my main reason for that, you know, is all depending if they allow athletes from the KHL to participate in the Olympics, which I'm sure they will, right? You would have to assume I would that say so, yes. The KHL is a very, very, you know, respected hockey league. If you can't make the NHL and you can make the KHL, a lot of players often go over and play in the KHL. It's a very respected, competitive, skillful hockey league. With that being said, 551 players who play in the KHL are Russian athletes. Second place, 54 players are Canadian. Third place, 39 players are Finnish. Fourth place, 39 players are Swedish, and then it just goes down and down from there. So over 500. there'd be more Americans. That's interesting. So over 500 more players. Frank, you say I never do research. There's, I just pulled up numbers there for you. KHL is a very respected league, and the fact that there's 500 more players than second place, having only, what did I say, 54? Those Russians got some skill over in the KHL. This isn't part of shot or no shot, but do you think Ska would beat the Coyotes or the Canadians? No. For those who don't know, Scott is the best team in the KHL. Oh, so you flipped on that over the years. No, I didn't I didn't say Scott. I said a, a KHL All-Star team. 
Oh, I, uh, Scott basically is a KHL All Star team. There's there's still top players over in barely, barely. I'm I, sure it's a fucked up system, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't say one team because Scott doesn't win every single year. No. Okay. Very, very, very good. I also say shot. I do think they are going to win. They are my pick to win the Olympics now that the NHL is not going. And speaking in the same vein of world hockey competition, the 2021-22 World Juniors are set to start right after Christmas. Shot or no shot that you will pay attention. Joe. Um, I'll see stuff on Twitter. I'm probably not going to find myself watching it. So I'm going to say just, uh, no shot. I guess you can, yeah, no shot. I'll say, um, because I'm not going to like find myself checking the score. It's, it's mainly just like when I find myself on Instagram or Twitter, when I scroll past something, I'll see it, but I I don't know. I'm not going to, I'm not going to have the time or necessarily, you know, the interest, but it'll be interesting. I'll be interested when I see the results like on my, but I'm not going to go looking for it. Frank? Yeah, I'm the same way when it comes to that. I'm going to go no shot. Um, just by nature, I'll see stuff in the timeline when I'm scrolling through Twitter. But I'm not one to sit down like I am with the Hawks. When the Hawks are on, I want to sit down. I get ready before the game. I'm not that way when it comes to the World Juniors. Um, so, yeah, no shot. Interesting. So I'm the World Juniors representative here. I will basically watch every Team USA game, and I will know what's going on with every single Devils prospect, and I'll probably know what's every going on with every Hawks prospect for the sake of my work at DeWindy City. Vancouver Canucks have been amazing since Bruce Boudreaux took over, six points out of a playoff berth as of right now. If they make it, shot or no shot, Bruce Boudreau deserves to be the Jack Adams Award winner as the manager of the year in the National Hockey League. Frank. Um, I think there's so many other cases. Like, I, In my opinion, if the Hawks somehow made the playoffs, then Derek King should be the coach of the year because that would just be insane, the way he took over and turned the franchise around. So – Regarding saying that probably won't happen or just let's say for the sake of this conversation that doesn't happen, then I would say, yeah, I he'd have to be. I mean, he would shop. They would be turned this franchise around, um, and I really don't see why he wouldn't. Joseph? Yeah, I'm 100% going to say shot. They, <laughs> sorry, I just moved the table in it. <laughs> um <laughs> He, uh, yeah, he's upset. He probably thought I farted or something, but no, I just moved the table. Uh, I'm saying shot for sure because they're what six and oh. We questioned last week they were about to play on the road against San Jose, so we questioned how they'd play on the road. They their five and oh record was all at home, it was a long homestand. They won that game in San Jose, so and then obviously now all the games are postponed. But I mean, I'm interested to see how much they keep this rolling. And yes, 100%, they were dog meat, they couldn't win a game. They look ter- terrible. We, we were talking shit about uh, Demko, and I was talking shit about Halak, how bad they were, and now they're fucking awesome. So, yes, shot. This team is really good under Boost Boudreaux so far. They protect the net very well, and it reminds me of how the Wild used to play when Boudreaux was their coach. So, you know, that that's my biggest takeaway from him as the head coach. I'm also saying shot. I, I do believe Daryl Sutter of the Calgary Flames has the Flames playing in a very similar fashion to how the Kings used to play when he was their coach as well. So 
I am going to say shot as well. I also think Mike Sullivan of the Pittsburgh Penguins and Peter Laviolette of the Washington Capitals are also in contention as well, in addition to John Hines of the Nashville Predators. Last night, the last game before the COVID-19 pause slash Christmas break was between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Shot or no shot that that has a greater than 50% chance of being the Stanley Cup final. Joe. No shot. Greater than 50%? I'm an odds guy. If you yeah. take the odds of every team to win their division, like it's it's nowhere near 50%. I'm saying no shot for sure. I don't even think – I mean, I think Vegas is really good, but I don't think Tampa's going to make it for the third straight year. They're my they're my team keeping it too. Yeah, I think Vegas, you know, especially with Jack Eichel coming back, I don't know how they did it win yesterday. They outshot the Lightning. I have it right here, 41-19. to 19, And I don't oh, know I what happened. I don't know what happened with Brian Elliott. He uh he came out after it was two not two to one. I don't know if he got hurt or what. And then the Lightning just turned it on. Steven Stamkos, you know, scored. Uh, I know he had that goal, and the Lightning just you know outworked him. I guess or they 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 got outworked, but outscored him. But yeah, I'm saying no shot. There's no way that both these teams match up in the Cup. Frank, yeah, no shot. Like I'm an odds guy too. Fifty percent's a lot. So more than fifty yeah. is even more. And- I just – it's hard to win a Stanley Cup, let alone two in a row, let alone making it there three times in a row. Um, are both teams good enough to do it? Yeah, but because you said more than 50%, I'm going to say no shot. There's just too many fluke things that can happen. There's too many other greater teams in the NHL. Um, so, yeah, no shot. I agree. I'm going to go no shot. I think Vegas will make it. I have them playing the Florida Panthers in the Stanley Cup final as of right now. We will see if that happens. So Vegas versus a Florida team, maybe 50%, not really. Um, That's it for my hockey ones. I have a football one. Jonathan Taylor leads all running backs in yards, touchdowns, and carries. Shot or no shot, he will be the first non-quarterback to win MVP since Adrian Peterson. Joe. You're catching me way off guard with this one. I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go no shot. I just feel like there's too many great quarterbacks having great years that it could go to one of them. Tom Brady's been off, awesome. Uh, what's his face? Aaron Rodgers, Kyler Murray, not so much as of late. Justin Herbert. There's, there's so many great quarterbacks that I feel like can, any one of them could win MVP. Uh, I think they'll ultimately get it over a running back. Frank? Yeah, I'm pretty sure when Adrian Peterson won, um, he had, like, record-breaking year that year, right? Wasn't it, like, something? He had 2,009 rushing yards. Yeah, and Jonathan Taylor's not going to set a record this year, and I think that's the only reason why Adrian Peterson won, because quarterbacks are so so Valuable to your team. They're the most valuable player. They're so used to winning or winning this award, so it's like, I just don't think there's a shot. I don't think Jonathan – Jonathan Taylor is a great running back. I hope he's not that great this week for fantasy purposes. But um, I just – I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening. I don't think he's – like I said, it's hard to win as a running back. It's hard to win as a wide receiver. It's hard to win as any other position other than a quarterback. And what Jonathan Taylor's doing this year is great, but I don't think it's better than what Adrian Peterson did when he won. So I just think there's other quarterbacks out there deserving of it. So I'm going to go with no shot. Okay. I do think there's a shot. 
I do think he's going to break 2,000 rushing yards because he's got 1,500 already right now with three games to go. They do have the extra game, so it will mean less in terms of the record books. But I do believe he will win the MVP. The only quarterback who deserves it maybe more than him is Aaron Rodgers, and I believe his little episode with the COVID immunization or him lying and all that will turn voters away. I do think they are spiteful human beings, for better or for worse. I do believe Jonathan Taylor is the favorite to win the MVP as of right now. He has more carries than Carson Wentz, his quarterback, has pass attempts. And I believe he is the most valuable player to his team in the National Football League this season. He, the Colts have won, what, six in a row? They were one and four, and now they look like a legit Super Bowl contender. They're one of the legit teams in the AFC. I believe they will win a playoff game, and they have found their identity as a power-running team. They're basically the new version of the Tennessee Titans and I think Carson Wentz is a little better than Ryan Tannehill when push comes to shove. So I do believe Jonathan Taylor will be the National Football League most valuable player. I was just going to ask you if you would have thought Derrick Henry would be the MVP because I, I would bet that Derrick Henry, had, had been staying healthy the entire year, would have finished with more rushing yards and rushing touchdowns than Jonathan Taylor. It is certainly possible, but I don't believe – I don't believe – it was quite as obvious as Jonathan Taylor, especially since the, what, five-touchdown game or whatever. I mean, Derrick Henry has 9,037 yards, and he will return. He was an MVP conversation, I do believe that, but I think the Colts and their run as of late has helped them along, and has he's been the biggest reason for that run that they've been on. I mean, they're beating the Patriots. Like, Jonathan Taylor helped Carson Wentz and company – Beat Bill Belichick on primetime Saturday night football. And you know, I would be scared to play the Colts. I do think Derrick Henry would be in the mix. He, no, Derrick Henry was doing all that before he went down. So, one million percent. I, yeah, I I just don't see a running back winning it. This is the most interesting. I don't think you'd be saying Derrick Henry would be winning it if he was still healthy, leading all these. I do. I'd be a two horse race, a three horse race between them two and Aaron Rodgers. Kyler Murray's out. You know, Tom Brady's out, I think. The game against – he just can't beat the Saints in the regular season. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, so, Patrick Mahomes, the early part of the season, I still think they're stri- still figuring out things a little bit on offense. So, I got Jonathan Taylor's chances of winning the MVP very, very high. I do think very highly of Derrick Henry and his chances had that happen. But if he breaks 2,000 yards – there's a really good chance. I think this is the strangest NFL season that I've ever watched because of parity. There's no clear comp front runner in either league. You got teams, you got the top teams losing to bad teams. The Rams lose three or four, but now they look like a Super Bowl contender again. The Colts and the 49ers were suggested watch out for this team teams before the season started. Then they got off to horrible starts. Now each of them is on like this crazy streak where they're doing a lot of winning and look like a team that will create an upset in the playoffs once they roll around. Like Jimmy G has a passer rating like around 90. So like he's a B-plus quarterback and everybody thought Trey Lance would end up being the guy. Like to me, the Colts and the 49ers are those two teams. But Jonathan Taylor to me, got to be the MVP as of right now. I think it's Aaron Rodgers. I'd be shocked. I I don't think they're going to be that spiteful over it. 
I, I, I just don't see it happening. He's just having a killer year. I think he's having gonna, an outstanding year. I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. I agree. I do too. And you know, like you think the Cardinals are frauds, right? Yes. And I think the Colts are frauds. I haven't been high on them this whole season. I don't care. Like I know Jonathan Taylor is like a great athlete and he's having a great year. I just think the team as a whole is a fraud. And I'm sure you'd agree with me that if Taylor was out, they would not be doing this good. Yeah, but I, I, I believe you could say that about every team in the NFL. That if you took their best player off, they I wouldn't think be that this the good. Cardinals without DeAndre Hopkins would still be a playoff team. I still think they would have double-digit wins. I strongly I think, disagree with I, that. I think that if Aaron Rodgers lost one of Jones or Devontae Adams, they would still be a playoff team, and he would still be having a killer year because Aaron Rodgers is going off. So I, I just think like you can't just have this one guy holding – the piece of the puzzle together because when something happens, like if something happens, it's just going to crumble. I just think they're frauds. I've never been high on them this whole year. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you on some of that, but the Cardinals, I don't agree on the Colts thing. I think they're a great team and they were supposed to be a great team until Carson Wentz got hurt and missed the early part. And you need a competent quarterback in order to win, no matter who the rest of your team is. Um, The Cardinals, the reason I think they're frauds is because Without DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray playing at 80%, they've been trash. So I do think that taking every team's best player off would really hurt them. The Packers, to me, are a different story because Aaron Rodgers has been finding his other players well. So I think if Aaron Jones or Devontae Adams did go down, he'd figure out ways kind of like how Tom used to do. But in terms of like the Colts, like, yeah, like the Titans haven't been the same team since they lost Derrick Henry, but they were a Super Bowl team before he got hurt. And if he comes back and playing as good as he has been this whole time, another team, if the Chiefs lost, lost Patrick Mahomes, they'd be see ya. Adios. Bye bye. So like to me, every team's best player, every team's MVP would be impacted in the NFL that way. And the Colts to me, like the Cardinals to me are frauds lately because they've lost to some of like the top teams in the league. The Green Bay Packers beat them, and then they go out and lose to the Lions. The Lions. And so I, I just can't see it with the Cardinals. Now the Colts beating I, – I was on like are they the frauds type of deal? Are they just beating the teams on their schedule? And, you know, all credit to you for beating the teams on your schedule. But then they come along and they make a mess of the New England Patriots. And that to me was a real eye-opener. So it's going to be interesting to see the MVP, though. I think it's a very fun race this year, no doubt about it. Yeah, there's definitely not like that one guy who who you, there's an argument. There's not last year's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, uh, I want to welcome King Pookie back from work. He asked us how we like Spider-Man. Just if you have time, watch. We talked all about it in period number two. We absolutely loved it. So, so, so all of our at least the top five favorite MCU movie for all of us. And uh, our favorite Spider-Man by far, quite possibly the greatest Spider-Man that ever will be made. Um, and yes, baseball is still in a lockout. <laughs> yes. So you want to let's transition a little bit. It was a good football conversation there about MVPs and whatnot that sparked from my one shot or no shot question. Uh, those two said no shot. I say shot. Let's talk a little Christmas. We got Christmas coming up. This is our last show before our great holiday of Christmas. I know all three of us love Christmas and my favorite part of Christmas is Christmas movies. And I've watched two of the three, two and a half of the three or of the four on my Mount Rushmore of Christmas movies. So Frank, I got to ask you, what is your Mount Rushmore of Christmas Wait, movies? So, so two of the movies on your Mount Rushmore you haven't even seen? 
I meant this, this year. Season. This year. Oh, Come on. How do, you not just, how do you not just assume that? Come on. I dude. didn't just assume that. You're smarter than that. No, I. I'm not even going to argue with him. I'm just going to give him the benefit of the doubt and move on. Frank, your Mount Rushmore of Christmas movies that you've seen. That you've seen. <laughs> yeah. I... See, I. Uh... All right. I'll just give you whatever. Now you got me baffled. He's rattled. Oh, my God. Because it made sense. I don't know. All right. So now I'm pissed off. So um, so now he's going to pick Bad Santa. No, no. So here, <laughs> I wanted to watch. I can't add it to Wonderful Life to my list because I know how much of a great movie I've heard it is. I've never seen it. I, I wanted it. to watch it. I wanted to watch it's it great. this year. Of course, uh, Joey hates. Joey hates any old movie. Yeah, I like this. If you're in the chat, uh, feel free to comment. I'll put them up on the screen. Your favorite Christmas movie, Frank. I, I guarantee you it would be in the top, my Mount Rushmore, because I know what it's about. And like people have talked about it. And I just know I would love the movie. So it's a shame I can't have it on my list. So here's my Mount Rushmore. Polar Express. Insane movie. My favorite Christmas movie. It is just, it is incredible. So if you, have you, <laughs> either the, of you guys seen it? Is that the animated one? Yeah, Tom Hanks. It is so good. Have you seen it? Yeah, yeah I own it. I, I slept through it. Oh my god, it's my favorite Christmas movie of all time. The meaning behind the movie is just incredible. I should um, just not even talk because I'm just gonna shit on everyone's Christmas. <laughs> no, you're gonna agree. Your Mount Rushmore and mine are gonna be exactly the same. The right Grinch over. is up okay. there for me. Grinch is really good. I'm the fucking Grinch. I'm like, I'm like my own. Um, you kind of look like the Grinch. Elf is up there because it's just hilarious and I laugh at it every time. And Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Just because Rudolph, that classic. is the definition of Christmas. It's a, it's a classic. Yeah. It's a classic, yeah. It's a classic. Joseph, your Mount Rushmore. Um, My Mount Rushmore, it's going to be different than you. I'll say the obvious ones that I, I do believe are going to be on our same Mount Rushmore, and that's uh, a or what is it? Uh, the Santa Claus, the first Santa Claus. Tim Allen, you know, becomes uh, Santa Claus, falling off the roof. Little son Charlie uh, arose such a clatter. Uh, sprang from my bed to see what was the matter. It's just the best Christmas movie. Uh, that's my number one. Uh, Mount Rushmore don't go in any order, but Buddy the Elf. Uh, we saw in the comment the Elf is a staple comedy. You don't even need to be Christmas time, and you why it could be July, and you're gonna laugh your ass off watching that movie. Um, and then this is where we'll probably disagree a little bit then, uh, Christmas with the cranks. I'm a huge Tim Allen guy. You might have that one in your Mount Rushmore actually, but, uh, I don't know if that one gets a lot of as much love as I feel it deserves, but Christmas with the cranks is just, it kind of, I relate to it. Cause like, I'm not, I love Christmas. I'm not like overly like Christmas spirit, jolly, jolly. And so like, just. Christmas with the cranks, like you see Tim Allen kind of like he's trying to skip Christmas. And I fucking love the idea. Sometimes you just need a one year where you don't do Christmas. You go on a 10 day cruise. I'm all for that. So uh, especially if like your daughter's going away to college, but then she's coming home the night before Christmas. And then you got to scramble to put Christmas back. You got to get frosty on the roof. Go see Christmas with the cranks. If you haven't seen it, it's a great Christmas movie. And then another one I always think of my dad. Uh, one of our go to Christmas movies is Christmas Vacation, the Griswolds. Chicago movie, you got the, the brother-in-law coming over, and just a phenomenal Christmas movie. It's another great comedy, so doesn't get his Christmas bonus, and ooh, what a good Christmas movie. Joe, we have three of the four the same, my friend. 
We have three of the four of the same. I knew our list would be similar. We grew up in the same house watching the same asshole Christmas movies. Of course, for me, number one forever and always will be the Santa Claus. Tim Allen, he takes the job as Santa Claus by accident. His son Charlie convinces him to do it. He comes back to reality for a couple months and has to deal with the effects of turning into Santa Claus on a physical level and people not believing him and taking Charlie's visitation rights away as a divorced father. And then he returns to the North Pole. Even Bernard is able to convince uh, Scott Calvin that he is, in fact, Santa Claus. And Charlie makes him see it through the glass globe. And it's just a great story of will and determination. And, you know, I love the Santa Claus. It's a great movie about family, friendship, and the will to never give up. Then, of course, I love the Santa Claus, too. It's on my Mount Rushmore. I've been watching it. I'm halfway through it. I got to finish it. You get more of the North Pole in that one. And I love this trilogy's North Pole. It's very beautiful. The elves are very interesting. They're almost like police officers in a way. They're, they're always scouting. It's kind of like sports. Like Santa Claus is like the GM, and then he's got all his scouts all over the place taking care of business for him. And they got elves for every little thing. They got elves for building toys. They got elves for cooking. They got medical elves. They got police officer elves. They got... Literally every time else to watch the naughty and nice list else to be assistant to the regional, like literally every single thing you could think of for an elf. And I love the dilemma of Scott Calvin dealing with being a father of his asshole son, Charlie, because he is an asshole in this movie graffiti tagging, basically everything he sees in contact. So I love the Santa Claus too. And then of course he's forced to fall in love. It's all great. It's a great story. And shout out to Cupid was watching it. The guy who plays Cupid. You know, I would have shut myself in the butt, married a nice girl. I, I love Cupid. Hilarious character. And, of course, I put yeah. Elf. It is, it is the fake Santa Claus one. Yes, that is the one with the fake Santa Claus. Um, they come up with a brilliant idea of cloning Santa while he's away at home taking care of Charlie. And uh, his name's Curtis. The Elf. So much for spoiler-free reviews like you did. There's, if you, I don't feel even slightly bad if you were, like, waiting all this time. Like, no. Santa Claus 2 came out like 15 years ago. Get out of here. That's like that's like Frankie giving the plot of It's a Wonderful Life. The movie's in black and white. If you haven't seen it by now, it's your own damn fault. Elf. Elf. It's not boring. It's not on my Mount Rushmore, but it'd probably be in my top 10. Elf. Freaking hilarious. I mean, it's fish out of water type movie. He's at the North Pole. He's a human there. He's a fish out of water there. But then he comes home and he acts like an elf still, so he's a fish out of water there. He quite literally doesn't belong anywhere, which to me means he belongs everywhere. I love Elf. Great movie. Hilarious. I do believe Will Ferrell is one of the single funniest stupid actors of all time. And I love stupid funny because I'm stupid funny. And then, of course, I also have Christmas with the Cranks. Um, There's a scene at the end of Christmas with the Cranks where they realize they're not going on their cruise. And it's because Blair's coming home and Luther turns into a softy for five minutes and he brings over the full package to his neighbor who he doesn't really get along with too well, but his wife is dying of cancer. So he sends them on a one once in a lifetime, all paid expenses cruise with the flights and everything in it. And it's just a real sad movie. And from the second I saw that movie when I was younger, I've always wanted to do that for someone. I want to give someone a fully paid vacation on me. I will do that one day. I want to do it for my parents and I want to do it for a complete stranger. And I completely will. So that's my goal in life. And I love those four movies. King Pookie brings up the Santa Claus on Netflix. I think I watched that last year. That's a, 
and there's no relation to the Santa Claus trilogy that you guys have on your Mount Rushmore. That movie was like, it was okay. I'm pretty sure if that's the one I'm thinking of, if it came out last year, yeah, if it's new, then I have no idea what he's talking about. Interesting. But I, I watched thinking... Santa... Oh, yeah, go ahead. I, thought you were I watched a Santa Claus movie called Santa Claus last year on Netflix. So I guarantee you that's the one he's it's talking It's just about. called Santa Claus? Yeah, but it has nothing to do with well, uh, like Tim Allen and... The reason that the one me and Joey are talking about is called the Santa Claus, and it's not the name I know of the, the one you. I've seen all the ones that you guys. Are but the one about. it's not called the Santa Claus, as in the Santa Claus. It's the Santa Claus, as in the last line of a contract. The Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. The clause is what tells him that he has to. It's like you know reading something that tells yeah. you something. So it's like the Santa Claus. Right. So title the movie. What? That it means Kurt the clause in the business card? 100%. It's called The Santa Claus. That's the one, King Pookie. It's yeah. like a it's like a play on words, really. Yeah, I know I know the scene where they explain to him like the clause and the but card. Then there's the Santa Claus too. There's two clauses. The first one is that if he puts on the coat and assumes the responsibility of Santa Claus, yada yada yada. And then in the second one, not valid in the state of Utah. You have to deal with holy matrimony if you're not married by Christmas Eve on this year of being Santa. So, yeah, I guess I never, never even thought about that. Yeah, that I mean, Claus. it wouldn't be called the Santa Claus if it wasn't talking about that for sure. Yeah, he's the Santa Claus. He's the guy. Like, yeah, but you don't talk like that. You're the so, Vinnie Teresi. Like. Nobody said. See, nobody said like that. Yeah. I also heard that eight bit Christmas is pretty good. I was just gonna bring it up. And like, that's, that's right up my right. that's up my alley. Me too. Like, it's a video game Christmas movie. I'm gonna what watch gonna it tonight. Say, what I was gonna say, Frank, when I thought you were done and I like kind of interrupted you, um, I was driving the other day and I was actually thinking they were talking about Christmas movies on the radio and they, I was thinking like we're due for like a new 2021 Christmas movie that becomes a Christmas staple. Like, yeah. I remember when The Elf came out. Yeah, me too. And now you look at The Elf as, like, a Christmas staple. I feel like, besides the sequels to Santa Claus, and I think Christmas with the Cranks came out when I was a kid, um, I have there, need, there has, needs to be a movie, a Christmas movie, that, like, comes out in theaters where it's, it's a Christmas staple, where it becomes on people's Mount Rushmore's. So we're due for that. Maybe the pixel is it. Similar to, like, songs. Like Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You is probably the most recent song to come out that is like a Christmas like lock for although Kelly Clarkson's is really gaining some steam. Kelly Clarkson's here. and Ariana Grande has one that I hear a lot. The yeah, they've been playing it a lot lately. I know I don't know That's what it's probably called. Like one of my favorite ones. I, I, yeah. I listen to a lot of Christmas movie music this week specifically. Isn't it like called Next Year, Jeff? Yeah, yeah, something like, like that. Movie? No, the Ariana the Grande. The song. Yeah, the song. That's what I meant. I don't yeah. know. I don't know what it's I called. I'm but... singing it in my head right now. Yeah, so am I. <laughs> Frank, so what is your favorite Christmas gift you ever received? I knew this question was coming. And it's just... oh, you I mean, I, I literally wrote it down. Yeah, I no, know. I didn't write that down. Yeah, he I... did. I just roll my eyes when Joey questions <laughs> my... <laughs> I literally go... I spend hours on this stuff, and Joey doesn't even read it. Oh man! I do it for fans, not Joey. 
Um, yeah, clearly, Frankie didn't fucking read it either. Well, no, I knew it was coming. I just don't know. I, I Let me tell you guys a story. Buckle in, sit back. I'll tell you a story about a gift I received for Christmas. Right, and I guess it'll be my favorite gift ever received, even though I don't really remember everything I've ever gotten. So we'll, we'll just I, go with it. So, am I going to get all mushy? Because these kind of stories make me emotional. No, it's not emotional at all. It's just it was me being a dick, and it ended up whatever. So I was at the store with my grandma, my uncle, and my dad years ago, right? We went to Best Buy. It was around the holidays. I don't remember what we were there for, but we were sitting there and or we were walking through Best Buy and we go through the electronics section. I know Best Buy is an electronics store. You know what I mean? But like the TVs, like the actual like electronics, like movies and stuff like that. And yeah, laugh away. You know what I mean, Dick. He went to the food section of Jewel. <laughs> That's different. They're, they have a non-food section at Jewel. I was at GameStop. I went down the video game aisle. <laughs> All right, you're at Best Buy. Continue. Yep, you're at Best Buy in the electronics department. Let's go. Um, and there was this chair. You guys know my gaming chair. Mm-hmm. It's a good and chair. I, it's a good and chair. I've, and I've used it all the time. Mm-hmm. I've used it like I'd say hundreds of times a year for the past like ten plus years. I watched the Devils lose to Pittsburgh sitting in that chair. It's a good chair. Joe, we have many memories in that chair. Mm-hmm. We used to sit on in the chair together and play yeah. PlayStation too. When we, were, when we were smaller humans, we would we would fucking play gun. Any any game. And I don't know if you knew how I got this chair, why I ever received that as a gift. Joe, you may remember maybe I tell I think you I that. remember hearing the story, but yeah, besides hearing the story in my older so, years. We're walking through Best Buy and me like a dick because I'm just, I just throw this out. I didn't mean this statement by any means. I just said it. I'm like, hey, you see that chair? That's something I'd really want for Christmas. It's just me being a dick, sarcastic. Like, no, I really didn't want that chair for Christmas. What was I going to do with that chair? I wasn't thinking about being like a heavy gamer back then and just like sitting in a gaming chair and gaming. That wasn't on my mind. But me, I'd be like, oh, yeah, you see that chair? That's something I'd really want. And they knew I was joking about it. And sure as shit, come Christmas morning, the elves brought me that same chair. And I use that chair all the time. Why you give me that look? You always the, get a look when I tell The you. elves brought you the chair, not Santa? Yeah. Well, Santa, but elves, you know, they delivered it. They made it for Santa, and Santa brought me the chair. Frankie had a little too much eggnog before this show. Yeah, Frank, keep there. drinking the eggnog, man. <laughs> Do you like eggnog, Frank? <laughs> <laughs> For those listening to the audio version, Frankie left. Just yeah. kidding. Um, you're lucky it's not. I love eggnog. Yeah, eggnog's good. Eggnog's good. I'll go. One time when I was younger, I, I didn't end up like sticking with it and getting good at it, but I really wanted a guitar. I love guitar. It's still to this day one of my favorite instruments. I just never got good at playing it, but I still have it to this day. My dad... You know, moms handle Christmas for the most part. I think it's one role we accept as a dad that, like, moms moms do Christmas in a very special way. But one year, my dad, he knew I wanted this guitar, right? It was also the year that Rock Band came out. Rock Band 1. And I'm talking the one with Deep Purple and Metallica, like the very, very first Rock Band. And I opened that. And I was like, this isn't what I meant by a guitar. It, Rock Band turned out to be like the hottest video game in the streets from that point on. And we played a shit ton of it. It wasn't a bad gift by any means. Yeah. But Finish I was it. like, 
I was like distraught, distraught. Like, oh, I, I really wanted a real guitar, not this plastic one that has buttons on it. And so we open all of our gifts. It's over. I didn't get my guitar. And then all of a sudden I hear, Vin. And then my dad makes the best mean face of all time. Like he can, he can make himself look angry with the best of them. And he goes, what's that? And I look and it's the freaking blue guitar. And it was probably the happiest I've ever been with a gift my whole life. Even though I stink, I can't play guitar. I think I'm too old to learn to play guitar from scratch well. I could still learn to play it where like it's comparable. But I believe in order to be a great instrument player, you have to learn from like a very young age, just like anything skill related. I'll never be able to play hockey as good as I play baseball because I played baseball at a very young age and I learned how to throw and catch at a young age. Um, I, that, that goes for any type of skill thing, in my opinion, and playing a guitar is an incredible skill, but I will always keep that guitar around. I will, I really want to get it like hung or something and, you know, make it where I can just grab it easily and have it be played whenever I want. So that to me will always be my favorite Christmas present. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, and I remember one year we got, I don't know if it was the same year. No, it wasn't because Guitar Hero came out way before Rock Band. Yes. I remember I got Guitar, and this isn't my favorite gift, but I didn't know what Guitar Hero was. And I got like the first ever Guitar Hero. It came in that big box. Yeah. And uh, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know what it was. I, I plugged it in, played it, and I was addicted to it. I loved Guitar Hero. So I guess not knowing it, I got one of the coolest games I, I played growing up. But my favorite Christmas gift was we, i was a big like i loved anything remote control and uh one year i got an air hogs like remote control flying thing it, it was cool it could go on water and uh it was big it was like probably this big and you were supposed to be able to fly it around take it off land it on the grass and stuff and it was you had a remote control and fly it. and i was young so i, I obviously would have needed help and I was so excited to try to get this thing flying. It, it on the box. It advertised you, it can like glide on the water. You can take off on water, the grass, on the snow. So I was like, all right, let's go. Let's try it in the snow. And we try. We get it all set up. We unbox and everything. And it didn't have a battery. There was no battery at all. And so I was so puzzled. I was like, why wouldn't Santa bring a battery? What is he stupid? And our dad, he's like, Santa, Santa must, must have forgot a battery, Joe. So we went and bought Santa's a stupid. What a slap in the face to the parents. So we went and bought a battery because my dad, our dad said Santa forgot a battery. And I, I obviously bought it. And uh, I just remember flying that thing like once or twice. It was so hard. I was, I was so young and I got, our dad couldn't figure it out. But it's just the thought of that, give that like air hog remote control thing. Like, I remember that reaction and that feeling when I saw that. I was so happy. Absolutely. Frank, what's your favorite? Wait, did you give your gift yet? No. Yeah, my chair that you made. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The chair, the chair, the chair. Electronics in a Best Buy. Yeah. Also, shout out honorable mention to the game. I was just going to say an honorable mention. The GameCube. I I was so mad Vinny had a GameCube, and I got my own. That's my all-time favorite birthday present. Yeah. With my GameCube. And I, I, so I started like a war because I wanted to always play your GameCube and I got my own for Christmas. Before you go to the next thing, Vin, because um, I'm pretty sure I was the only one who ever received this as a gift between us. We all had it, but you guys got it before me. Um, and we have so many great memories from this that it made up so much of our childhood that I have to include it as an honorable mention. It was Modern Warfare 2. 
You guys I remember were, when you got it. You guys mm-hmm. were playing it way before me, and then I opened on Christmas Day. I'm like, this is it. And Frankie I was just, a Christmas noob. He, he was became Christmas- an adult that day. He was a Christmas noob. You were a Christmas noob. <laughs> we had so many late night, wee hours of the morning memories that we will never forget. Yeah, and uh, those memories still stick with us today when we play Call of Duty together. Do you think Christmas noobs exist anymore? Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. We see we we're not like new to we're not absent from Call of Duty. We still play Call of Duty, and hundred percent, they're like fresh level ones uh, on Christmas Day. Hell yeah! All right, Frank, what's your favorite Christmas cookie? All right, here we go. If me and Joey, if me and Joey don't agree on this, I'm gonna be pissed. Um, these are cookies that you really only see around the holiday times. I haven't seen them in a while. They are just they are so good that the company who makes them ended up because they were this cookie i'm talking about was included in like a mix of cookies and people love these cookies so much that they ended up creating it in its own package and box that people would just buy it's the pinwheel cookies you know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. i don't know who yeah. makes them i don't know what they're i just call them pinwheel cookies i don't know you like them that much you know i make a pretty pretty fucking yeah. good i also cookie. didn't know they were considered christmas cookies i only see them around the holidays and I haven't had them in years. Oh, uh, Cumberland Chapels. I, yeah, they, they make me. They make me think of dead people. I was gonna say I only see them when someone died. Yeah. <laughs> um, either that or, um, because I don't know if that's. I think it's a Christmas cookie, but if you don't want a demon as one, it doesn't have to be. No, a Christmas you could take it. I mean, if you eat a cookie around Christmas time, it's a Christmas cookie. Right. We hold no prejudice to the cookie community here. Yeah, any All cookie. Right. Right? I mean, some fit the bill of Christmas more than others. It doesn't have to be. Did you even write Christmas cookie? Quite literally, fave Christmas cookie. What the fuck is a Christmas cookie? All, all cookies are cookies. Uh, I mean, if you don't think there are cookies that are specifically designed for Christmas, I don't know what the hell to tell you. Yeah, maybe they're cookies, just candy cane cookies. cookies. A Christmas tree or a Santa Claus. You're an idiot. You yeah, know that there you have, are cookies. When you have the snowflake sugar cookies, okay, that's a Christmas cookie. But it... what? You're a fucking idiot, dude. My favorite cookie that I enjoy around Christmas time probably are the uh, those blossom cookies. It, it's like, I don't know if it's peanut butter. Is that what you're thinking of? Is that yours? Okay, so I'll just describe them and then you just proved me right. Those are Christmas cookies. You <laughs> never ate one of those in July. But I don't know. There's, I don't, Frank, I, I want I want pin, I no. want pinwheels, gingerbread cookies. And these yeah, a gingerbread cookie. Okay, that's the, a and I want these peanut butter kiss cookies at your bags tournament in July. Peanut. I don't even know what you guys are talking about. They're like a peanut butter cookie with a Hershey's kiss, right? Frank, he's been zoning out for the past twenty minutes. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh no, though. Yeah, is that a Christmas cookie? Hundred percent. Okay, well, that's my pick. Christmas time. I that's, never have. It's my pick. Our mom used to make them every single time. She would, uh, you know, she'd have the bowl of sugar and she'd roll up the cookies. Yes. Yeah. Hers, hers looked better than that, though. She would roll up the cookies <laughs> and put them in sugar and then bake them a little bit and then put the Hershey I love kiss. those. And then they're I think they actually, call those blossoms? I just I call them peanut butter kiss. I think they're called blossom cookies. I she wrote just down. made some homemade. Yeah. I just had some like two days ago. I she really, I have chocolate and ones with like white chocolate crunch. If I don't get one between now and Saturday, I'm going to be very upset. I well, like not, not, not just, no, not from her, not from her, just in general. Like, I feel like, I feel like I have no path to get one this year because we're not, we're not I baking. I will send you a snap of me eating like three of them. 
that's going to eat at my soul. On Christmas Eve. Oh, my God. That is quite literally going to be – I would rather you stab me in the neck with a knife. Thin wheels, I think I'm out of luck. I made red velvet ones. Those were fire, too. Yeah, I remember I made those. Yeah. yeah. You probably like, had one. That was like two years ago. Man. I did not have a red velvet cookie. No, that was li- it was literally two years ago I made those. Yep. So me and Joey agree on the cookie. Joe, what is your favorite Christmas memory? Yeah, real quick. When with those cookies, we used to get yelled at because we would we would take the Hershey kisses <laughs> off of them. Like they would be out like for people to have. Me and Vinny would just take the Hershey kisses. Yeah, off. and with those red velvet ones specifically, I remember you were a real asshole about eating them ahead of Christmas. And then on Christmas, they were hard. And I was very happy with that. That made me very happy. You can't get mad at people for eating Christmas cookies too early. Christmas comes and goes so fast. Don't bah humbug me with your Christmas cookies. My favorite Christmas Christmas memory is... It's not one specific memory. It was me being a child living at the old house. We lived... Obviously, our, our rooms were upstairs. They were right next to each other. Uh, And then in the middle of the hallway was just the stairway down. And right at the bottom of the stairway was our living room. And you would be able to see gifts, the Christmas tree. My favorite memory every year was waking up, walking to that hallway and looking down, then looking to see if you were awake, looking to see if our parents were awake. And just every single year, that hallway and that vision of all the gifts down there on the couch and underneath the trees being able to see that from the top of the stairs in my pjs that memory will will always stick with me frank you see the chocolate what i was looking up this chocolate crinkle cookie we're done with cookies we want your favorite christmas memory Nah, i was just look at this i I can't believe it's the most searched cookie recipe in illinois and i don't know if i've had one sucks for you i'll look it up look up your uh or what's look your memory? Favorite, let me go to Google and look up my favorite Christmas memory. Um, my favorite Christmas memory. Damn, these cookies stink. I don't like they're too chocolate. I love I love games. <laughs> so, I we had Christmas here. This was a while ago because lately we've been having Christmas not at this house. We go to like family members' houses, and we were playing. Uh, do you guys know the game? Or anybody who's watching another game where you got to put the mitts on. Yep. Then you got to mm-hmm. unravel the. Uh, the saran wrap ball. Yeah, the saran wrap ball with the prizes in there. Um, so if people watching don't know there's this game where there's a whole bunch of prizes wrapped up in a big saran wrap ball. And you have to roll, I think, doubles. It goes around a circle. You roll dice. You got to roll doubles. When you roll doubles, you rip the mitts off the person who started untangling. Might be seven eleven or doubles. I don't know. I didn't play. No, it. I think it was just doubles. Just doubles. And then, um, as soon as you roll doubles, you rip the mitts off and you go. And I just remember some of the funniest times when people would just roll three doubles in a row, and everybody's like, "Ah!" Oh! They're yelling, and I, I just—it's some of like the funniest times, in my opinion. It's like really cheesy answer because, like, you well, sure. I, that's a good answer. My, I have the cheesy, you know, chalk generic answer. Yeah, of course. Looking down as a little kid and seeing gifts, like no shit, what a memory! I, I just, I just remember like the amount of laughs we've had with that game, and yeah. we still play that game to this day. It's just hilarious. Like if you, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can look it up on Google, YouTube, whatever. It is hilarious. Yeah, I mean, my favorite Christmas memory comes from a family memory. There used to be a bit on one of our cousins' side of the family where, like the idea was to fuck with our mom on christmas 
And it started with the white elephant game. If you've heard of the white elephant game, it's where you wrap a bunch of bullshit and you put it in the middle. And I'm talking like just little knickknacks from around your house. It's literally just like a bunch of stupid shit. Every now and then someone will put something good in there and then like you struck gold. But like for the most part, it's just shit like a bag of pens or like a picture frame with someone's stupid picture. Well, they started to steal stuff from my mom's bedroom at my birthday party. So my birthday party was about three weeks before Christmas each year, as you all know. And at my birthday party, they'd steal shit from my mom's room, wrap it, and put it in the white elephant gift. And eventually it just became such a staple that when they opened all of my mom's stuff at the white elephant gift, they all took off their sweatshirts and there was my mom's face on every single person's shirt. So not only is all of her stuff in the middle of the table, but every single person has her face on their shirt from pictures that they ripped off Facebook or whatever may have you. And I just remember like people like Auntie Shar, who has since passed away, and Uncle Jim, who has since passed away, just laughing their ass off. And like we're talking about like serious older people that you never really saw laughing like that too often, just uncontrollably laughing at stuff like that. And it might sound just like so lame, but when it's your family and people you love dearly around the holidays and people who are no longer with us, just moments like that are stuff I will cherish forever. And that one specific moment where they opened all my mom's stuff and everyone was pissing their pants and then they all got their shirts and like they made it to the point where like even me and Joey didn't know about it. And that was the last one where it was like truly where like it was not a seat or like where it was unexpected that this was going to happen. After a while, I was like, okay, how are they going to fuck with my mom this year? But like that was one year where they like truly got her and it was just the funniest thing ever. I, I, I had a blast with that. That is my favorite Christmas memory of all time. Yeah, I feel, and I feel like a dick for my answer now. You guys, Joey's like, I'm happy I got presents. Opening presents. No, it was it wasn't opening presents. It was the emotion and the, like that little kid wonder, like Joey just looks at him like, of seeing the gifts that weren't there the night before. They're there now. How the fuck did they get there? Everyone's got to wake up. Everyone, get your ass out of bed. Or there's gifts to unwrap. Yeah, absolutely. So that's Christmas, and you know what doesn't stop because of Christmas. Always, always something to gamble on. It never, ever, <laughs> ever stops. We will be degenerates till the day we die. There's nothing like being a degenerate gambler. And the three of us are, always have been, and always will be. And we're going to give you some picks in a little Christmas edition of Breaking Bets. <laughs> I look every single time. You look like a complete fool, but you have the long hair, so you look better than I do. Oh yeah, my god. Bald. You do look bald. I'm not like bald. Mr. Potato Head. I have here. a lot of hair. It's got the glasses. Oh my god. I am the danger. Who does he look like? He looks like a Mr. Potato of, Head. <laughs> one of the old guys can rock those glasses. Like for those wondering, Joey's not in his normal place of 
studio doing his show. So I decided to take the reign of being Walter White for today. And I know I would be a better Walter White than Joey. I could probably do any scientific experiment better than Joey or Walter White. So I think it's perfect that I'm wearing the glasses on this show. And of course, when we're talking about breaking bad, we're talking about breaking bets. Frank, I'll start with you. All right. Well, I usually like to include a hockey pick in here. So unfortunately, because of the break and the, the pause right now, can't do that. So I'm going to do something. I usually give you like a pick from this sport, pick from that. Blah, blah, blah. I have picks from multiple sports. Actually, I have three picks, but they should all be parlayed together. And they're not for all from the same sport. So I got a little variety, a little whatever. Don't mind the camera. I like to move around a lot when I talk. So. Oh, my God. It's really bad. Yeah, let's see if this fixes it really quick. This did it last time. <laughs> All right, we're just going to roll with it. I think it made it worse. So, You look like Peter Parker without his glasses on when he decides to give up being Spider-Man. Tonight, we got the Lockheed Armed Forces Bowl between Missouri and Army. Love Army at home. All they do is freaking run the ball, and Missouri just – gives up a ton of points per game. They give up over 200 rushing yards per game. They're not going to be able to stop Army. Army's minus 213 on the money line. Lock it in. It's a being guaranteed lock. You heard it here first. Then, switching to the NBA, because the NBA is, uh, we still got NBA games today. I like the Atlanta Hawks money line at minus 290. They're home. Um yeah, I mean, they're, they're home against one of the worst teams in the league, so I don't really have much to say there. It's, but here's the interesting one, the one that adds a little bit of value to the whole parlay. Great game. For anybody fans of basketball, college basketball, this is going to be a game that you're going to want to watch. Tennessee, number 19, I think, ranked Tennessee, is hosting undefeated, number sixth ranked in the country, Arizona. I love. Tennessee money line at minus 115 at home. Stop the streak of uh, Arizona. Tonight's the night. They're going to get let down. <laughs> um, so, yeah, when you par parlay all those together, it pays 2.7 to 1. So, fairly good odds. There you go. Joseph, what do you have? What do you got, Ben? Why? No clue. I have no idea. Joey's got nothing without hockey. He's not a well-versed mind like me and Frankie. I'm nothing without hockey and baseball. I'll go ahead and say it. There's no football on. I don't want to give a pick for like this weekend. I don't care why my camera does this. That's fair. I don't want to give a pick for Sunday. I'm looking at a game. Let me just look up one more thing, and then I'll have my pick. All right, so I got one for you all. Bet the under on every single game on Christmas Day in the NBA. NBA unders are awesome. They hit a fair amount of the time. I don't know why. I have no logical explanation for why. But you take NBA unders, you win money. You listen to me on this. On Christmas Day, NBA unders every single game. You're not going to hit every single one. But if you take the under individually in every single game on Christmas Day, you will win. I, like I said, I have. I don't know if it's the power of Santa Claus, Chris Kringle, Pears Nicole, Popo Zisho. I don't know who it is, but it's freaking possible. Under NBA games, I'll give you college football picks for days next week. I'm excited for the New Year's Day Bulls, but that's a story for next Wednesday. I know me and Frankie are going to dive deep 
into the college football playoff next Wednesday show. So make sure you're tuning in for that. And of course, I think Joey's got one pick ready for us. Gambling problem called 1-800-GAMBLER. I do have a gambling pick. I got a, I got a pick here and it's, it took some research, but I'm actually pretty confident. in. So we got an, some NBA action. As you said, Frank, here we go. This should be good. No, the NBA is not postponed as you said. And I'm, I'm over here. I'm puzzled. I'm looking at the lines. And I'm looking at teams. I'm doing my research on the team, hey, which I know very little about. Um, one thing I do know is that when you're on the road, it might affect lines a lot more than some other sports. Where'd you um, get it? I don't know. Vinny always says, like, when when they're on the road, you're like, yeah. <laughs> That's, <amazing. laughs> That's football. That's football. Oh, well, then it was Frankie who says uh, – who said something about no? NBA. You give a team three at home in the anyway, NFL. And I made sure, Frank. Yes. Here's how much I pay attention. I made sure this team team did not play yesterday because I know how bad you Dude, can be I'm in the NBA. Um, and you look at this game. I'll just tell you the game right now. The Cleveland Cavaliers, Cleveland Cavaliers visit the Boston Celtics in Boston, and I'm looking. Granted, I, I forgive you, Boston gods. I don't know how I'm going to bet against the Celtics. But I don't understand why the Cleveland Cavaliers are such dogs. They're plus 205, and they're minus 250. You could even play it safe and take the Cavs plus 6.5 at minus 110. And I'm looking at the stats here. The Cleveland Cavaliers did not play yesterday. They are currently on over a five-game or a five game winning streak. I didn't even look beyond that. A minimum of five-game winning streak. And, yes, they're missing Kevin Love, uh, Davis, or Ed Davis, Dylan Windler, RJ something, Lamar Stevens. I don't know who these guys are. I know Kevin Love, but I don't know if that's going to really affect it that much. The Cleveland Cavaliers seem to be playing some pretty good basketball going into the Boston Celtics, who are struggling ninth in the Eastern Conference. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Cleveland Cavaliers minus 110 at plus 6.5. I love Joey talking about basketball. Fade Joey, back Frankie, back Vinny, gambling problem, 1-800-GAMBLER. I gave some great picks, right? That's a great pick. At minus, minus 110, Cavs plus, what would I say? Plus six and a half. Add that to any parlay. Mucho dinero. Yep. And that concludes breaking bets for this week's show. Well, breaking bets is over. I don't know what you want. So it was a great, great, great show, guys. I appreciated every single conversation that we had. I truly believe that this is the best hockey show on the internet. And, of course, from everybody at the Barroom Network, from me, Joey, and Frankie, we wish everybody a very safe and Merry Christmas. Boys, do you have anything to say to the crowd before we go? Yeah, with uh, with all, you know, COVID being on the rise, it appears, at least locally, um, you know, everyone wish everyone a safe but Merry Jolly Christmas with their f- friends and family. Be safe, be happy, and uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah. Frank? Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, this is a time to spend with your family. Enjoy it. Um, that's what these holidays are there for. So just have a safe and uh, Merry Christmas to everyone. Absolutely. A little bit of programming note. Crosstown Crosstalk, normally on Thursdays at 2 o'clock. I am going to be off tomorrow and next Thursday. And then, boy, do we have something big planned for after that. We're not telling anyone in case it doesn't you know, fully happen. But the biggest thing in the history of Crosstown Crosstalk is on the horizon, and I am so looking forward to sharing it with everybody. And that starts in 2021. But for now, 
as Joey and Frankie alluded to, we wish everybody a very Merry Christmas and hope everybody does what they need to to be both safe, happy, and healthy. Merry Christmas. Make sure you're following at the King Bean on Twitter, at Joey Parisi on Twitter, and at Vinny Parisi on Twitter. Once again, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and thank you for listening.